What up, what up, what up, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, this is the uno unofficial uh, introduction to hashtag we are back. Oh man, it feels like it's been forever. I feel so rusty right now, but you it is rusty. Uh, you look rusty. It, the recording, <laughs> oh, thank you, oh, thank you, Frost fired. But people thank can't you. see you on the radio, so they don't have to worry about that. Shade, the or, shade. On the, or in the podcast either. So, the shade, thank you. So, um, it is uh, we are recording on Thursday, August the 6th. We are in month, blah, 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 day, blah, blah, blah of the <laughs> pandemic. Five. Month five. <laughs> month five. Oh, Jesus. It's Christ. not month Why did you... five. When yeah. you put it, April, May, June, July, July, August. August. Oh, yes, you are correct. Right. Holy. Well, yes. When you put, when oh, yeah, you put we, a we number. We in this part of the uh, podcast. Oh, Andrea, just so you know, too, in the podcast portion of the podcast, we can curse yeah. our fucking lives away if we choose to. Oh, right? until, God, it makes me feel until the radio, so happy. Until the radio part starts, which will be in about two minutes. So, oh, yeah. okay. So I'm gonna get out the motherfucking motherfucking. <laughs> oh out. shit! Oh, wait. Damn. Damn, girl. <laughs> and then get it out. Get it out. Well, you, if you don't work it out of your system, it will slip out. Let's do it. Facts. Facts. You ain't never lie. You ain't never oh, lie. Oh my gosh. So uh, yeah, we are recording uh, for this week's episode of hashtag on Vibe 105. It's been a two week hiatus. So it's been back to back crazy weeks. Oh yeah. Well, uh, Ready Fox was camping. Uh, no better. Yeah. Nina was camping at home, celebrating birthdays. Celebrating birthdays. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sorry. I, ready, ready was what camping? Did you say right, camping? That's right, girl. That's right. You heard that correct? Renaissance brother here, camping outdoors, one sure. with nature, camping. Yes. Did you have to? Did you shower? Like, were there showers there? They were not showers. <laughs> I was See, gonna ask if you got evicted from the house. I'm like, why are you out there? No, there were, there were no showers, and unfortunately, that's the only part of it because it was real camping, camping. But there were at least facilities for going to the bathroom. Which was good, and um, with like toilet paper and stuff. Oh, see, that's yeah, cheating. Yeah. That's cheating. You it's a little cheating, right? but do, do you cannot no, even? You, first of all, we cannot take anything Solitaire says about camping from someone that has never <laughs> camped <laughs> ever a day in his life. Cool. So don't bring cheating Absolutely. talks to me, bro. Like you have to have several seats. Yeah, Sorry, you, you have, have never slept on, on an actual forest floor to be telling me what's cheating. And what's forest that. floor. Yeah, I, no, have, I have. I have. Sounds like a nice bed. I've gone camping when I was a youth. Remember church camp, Andrea? See, now that I have you here. You remember yeah. church camp back in the day? Here, here's the here's the best part. I did I did not go to church camp. <laughs> yeah. uh, there you go. I was at the church, but I did not go to church camp because I heard the details about church camp, and I'm like, nah, I'll pass. I'll see y'all on Sunday around ten o'clock. No, nope, no, nope, I never camped. I'm not gonna camp. I enjoy nature, but I like to visit it and then get in a car and go back to the city, <laughs> yeah. to the concrete and sure. air conditioning and beds and and box springs. I'm oh not here gosh. for it, but I appreciate the campers. God bless oh, you. I'm with Andrea on that. <laughs> oh my gosh! So listen, what, what basically when it when it comes to survival, we're going to turn to Ready Fox because he's the only one that's going to know how to use a compass. No. Well, then we're all going <laughs> to die. If you don't know how to use a compass, then you really got problems. You have a compass on your smartphone. You just practice. I never in the city. open it. I practice never in open the city, it. You guys, honestly. I know some people who can't even give you directions by northwest, southeast. Like they're like, I don't know. It's like right, and it's like, they, is yeah. it north or south? And they're like, that's I don't an know. unfortunate. Like, thing that that's me i'm that person oh <laughs> uh, you're that person nina <laughs> sorry nina sorry. Hey, what's up hey, hey, it's radio time there yeah, uh, we're recording yeah, yeah we're going yeah, there you go it's radio time solitaire all right well good morning good morning oh my goodness let me just first start off by saying i feel a little rusty but we are back ladies and gentlemen yours truly solitaire this is hashtag live on vibe 105 i am in my quarantine quarters along with DJ Reddy Fox Hello, in his everyone. quarantine 
quarters. Yeah, my quarters are nice. <laughs> <laughs> we are with No Better Nina. She's in her pseudo quarantine quarters, I guess. Well, yeah, Nina's I'm not like a living in Big Brother with the Cali Rise kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I escaped. Oh, I escaped Big Brother house. I'm not at my house right now. Okay, oh, there, you go. there you go. So obviously we aren't live, but you are listening to the broadcast on Saturday, August the eighth. Did I get that right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Good. Yeah. So welcome, welcome to the program. We're You're not going to welcome our you. special guest. I was getting to that. Oh, okay. He's no, alluding to I'm, it. I'm doing the oh. introductions. Make sure all our peoples, you know, you're sharing this and you're and you're communicating. You're following us on your social media platforms at hashtag Vibe105 on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we have been in a little bit of a lull, but we will be back up and running because Reddy's back from camp. <laughs> <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen on the program today we have uh, a friend to the show a dear friend family of mine miss andrea bain is on the program today snap, ladies snap. and gentlemen <laughs> snaps, snaps. snaps all around she's an author she's a podcaster and uh you will know her as the on-air personality for ctv you well you give yours tell the people all of your uh, credentials i'm a true west indian i have 15 jobs <laughs> um, <laughs> no no for real for real uh, when you work in media, you don't ever wear one hat. The hustle is real. People think it's like, oh, you do all these things. It's like, yeah, I got to eat. So you got to do more than one thing. So yes. right now, I'm always on CTV News Channel anchoring the news. Prior to that, I was hosting a lifestyle show. I've done all kinds of stuff, but that's what I'm doing right now. My book is still in stores, which I'm very blessed to have. Podcast, uh, I'm taking a little pause. Like This whole year has been so weird and so crazy that you know I was so accustomed to being on a treadmill or doing everything mm -hmm. that I felt like I needed to take press pause on a couple things mm. just so I can kind of regroup and focus. So for right now I'm anchoring the news. I'm writing my next book. Can I ask and you, that's, can I ask you, did yeah. you learn that the hard way? Like, were you pushing yourself when the pandemic was going and you were still trying to maintain the same schedule that you were kind of maintaining pre pandemic and you realized you just had to slow down, especially where the podcast is concerned. Um, it was more like, okay, so it was a little bit weird for me because for the, for the most part, most people had to slow down because their jobs got yeah, closed. No down. choice. I, I still had to go to work. So my brain was kind of like, okay, so things are closed. There's no one on the highway, but I'm still going to work. Like, I still yeah. got to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and read the news at 6. So it was weird, but, like, it was the other part of your life where it's, like, the things that you just take for granted, it took a real uh, – it took a moment to kind of pull back mm. and really just realize I had to slow down. And it took me a couple weeks to be like, I should be doing this. And even in the beginning, I was like, I got to get a treadmill. I got to get this. I got to go online. I'm going to learn how to bake. I got to uh, learn how to speak Chinese. Like, I really have to be like, I wanted, it to in. yeah, I wanted to take this time to like turn myself into some superhuman. And then like week three, I was like, you know what? You need to have several seats. Good. That's, that's so healthy that you were able to realize it because a lot of people don't oh. realize it. And they push themselves to a breaking point where they're forced into taking those several seats right yeah i guess mentally it was a really it's challenging for everybody on a different level of figuring out how to how to manage this all this time how to manage this shutdown we've never seen anything like this ever in our lives oh my yeah. God. in our you're lives Andrew, you're giving all the good stuff we got a segment <laughs> for you. Right. okay 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 but yeah so yeah 
So yeah, but, I anchored the news and I'm writing a book. <laughs> so welcome. Obviously, this is not her first rodeo. She's been with us. She's a friend of the show. Uh, and uh, we are excited to have her back. But before we get into our regularly scheduled activities, it is time for our poll question of the day. No better, Nina. Okay, so last, last, last week, we asked, <laughs> uh, Jada Pinkett Smith spoke Ooh. on her relationship with August Alsina on Red Table Talks with Will Smith, mm-hmm. stating that it started out as her, air quotes, helping him. <laughs> if this was a 44-year-old man helping a 23-year-old woman, do you think the response would have been different? And ladies and gentlemen, 100% of the votes revealed that, yes, it is creepy, and everybody thinks that it would have been very different. So, this week, we are asking, with Megan the Stallion coming out and making multiple statements on the alleged shooting involving her and Tory Lanez... This is incredible. Do you think he should come forward and say something? The options are, yes, we need the story, no, it's an open case, or he's quiet for a reason. So head over to at hashtag Bab105 on Twitter and Instagram to make your vote count. Damn. (laughs) Quick round, lightning round, lightning round. Should Tori be obligated to speak out publicly on this? Yes or no, uh, Reddy Fox? No. Nina? I just, I'm nosy. Yeah. (laughs) But we're talking about Tory Lanez, not you here, uh, Nina. I want to know. Yes, I think he should. I think everybody wants to know, yes. No, All but right. you think he should because you want to lightning know. Lightning round, lightning okay. round. <laughs> Andrea. Uh, absolutely not. This is a real case. He could be facing real jail time. Thank you, adult. Uh, and, and deportation and a lot of stuff. If I were his legal counsel, I'd be like, if I see even one letter show up on that social media... I can't help you. He's in a lot of trouble. People really don't realize it. He is in a lot of trouble. All right. Well, we're going to so discuss. No. Gonna Love the adult answer. That. There you go, Nina. See, you hear what she said, Nina? You heard <laughs> Andrea, Nina? Oh, yeah, I'm only 24. <laughs> <laughs> Leave her alone. Leave her alone. Anyhow, we're going to get to that uh, in a little bit more detail, obviously, in the music news. But now, ladies and gentlemen, before we get to the meat and potatoes of the show, we'd like to go through a round of what's been happening in this week's headlines. It's time for... Have you heard Taking Over Ready Fox? Okay. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Good to be back. <laughs> Hope everyone's uh, having a good time. Welcome, Andrea. So there's a lot of stuff for us to talk about. A lot of things have happened over the course of the last few weeks. But actually, I think what we should focus on right now is the fact that Doug Ford is really pushing for kids to go back into school. <laughs> and uh, this is like a pretty big deal. So we have a lot of Black Lives Matter stuff to get to in uh, politics as usual. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to actually use the time for Have You Heard to discuss this a bit because this would have been part of our politics as usual conversation, but there's so much. Black Lives Matter ain't ever stopping people. Not ever, not today, not ever. So we're going to spend as much time on that in politics as usual as mm-hmm. we have to. So let's not cut any of that time here. I'll cut Have You Heard time. No problem. <laughs> so we're going to talk a bit about this because obviously with the schools reopening, there are concerns. Parents are concerned. It's a tough thing. How do you? I don't know how parents are navigating this environment right now, especially with the uncertainty with schools supposedly reopening soon and the pandemic being what it is. So, mm-hmm. first of all, let me put it out to you guys before I even start talking about statistics and just all the the conundrums of what this entails. How do you feel about it? Do you think they can do it safely? Do you trust the government in terms of 
doing this, implementing it in a way where the kids are safe and that they can go back to school and give the parents, because I get it, the parents need some relief, right? They do need some relief, but at what cost for the risks Mm -hmm. of the children's health, right? This is not an easy thing to do, and I don't know if I feel comfortable with Doug Ford being the person that's making these decisions per se, but I want to put it out to you guys, and we'll start with our guest, Andrea. Um, what is it? What is your feeling been about it? What I know if you had kids, what would your thinking be? Your friends with kids, what are they mm-hmm. thinking? Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's my thoughts on the whole situation with kids going back to school. It's very challenging because, okay, first of all, the kids have been out of school since March. So let's just talk about on one end. I was talking to a specialist from Sick Kids Hospital where they are in favor of the kids going back to school for their mental health, right? Because the rea- like. The reality is, yes, the pandemic is very serious, but there is something that children are hurting and it's in a way that people can't see. And there's a long term effect of keeping them out of a regular, a regular, a regular routine and going back to school and seeing their friends and getting back into that. And it is very important and people don't even really understand how important it is. Mm -hmm. So for so to hear the experts at sick kids say, listen, we've got to keep these numbers down so that it becomes safer for the kids to go back to school because these kids need that structure. And we will have more mental health issues with these kids in the long term if we don't figure this out by September. So there's that end of it. But then I also get the parents who are like, we can't even sit in a restaurant properly yet in certain parts of this country. Thank you. But you want me to send my kid to a hot school where half these schools don't even like, let's be talk about the infrastructure. There are a lot of schools. Not all schools are created equal. Right. There's some schools that have a lot of issues already. So and I think a lot of people don't trust the school system because it's like, yeah. I see that my kid's school doesn't even have proper books. This kid's school doesn't have air conditioning. But now you're telling me that you guys all of a sudden in a couple of months, you're going to figure out how to, you know, split up my kid's classroom, make sure that there's no cross-contamination. You're going to test often enough to know that if there is a kid who's positive, how are we dealing with that? Are we shutting it down? You want to do half online, half in person. You're telling me that you're organized enough to do that. So I get a lot of parents. I understand the parents who are frustrated going, you want me to send my kid into this experiment, but if mm-hmm. if if you get it wrong, that's yes. my child's life. Thank you. Yeah. So yep. I I understand both sides. It's a very tricky situation. I do know of somebody actually I spoke to recently, and this I think is even more dire. Where I know someone whose son is on a sports scholarship in the United States, and they wanted him back in the U.S. where the numbers are skyrocketing and right. surging every day. A thousand people die every day, and his school wanted him back in June. And his parents sent him. His Canadian his parents, parents. Oh, that's that's his, a parent. That's a parent thing. <laughs> but it, they did it out of fear because the schools, like, listen, the C and the United States is a very different situation than right. it is in Canada. Let me make that clear. The CDC is always saying something different. The Americans are leaving it up to individual states, and states are leaving it up to each mayor. Like it's so more complicated over there. But they sent their kid over there, and I'm like, you really walked your kid into a burning building. They haven't even figured it out yet, and their numbers are going up. At least here. Our numbers are going down and now their kid is over there. They can't, he can't come back and they can't go and visit him. And there's an outbreak at his school. Oh so that oh, is boy. the, and he has pre-existing health issues. He only has oh one my kidney. God. Holy moly. So, so it's one of those situations where I know parents who really want to make sure their kids go back to school, but they don't realize the implications if their kid gets sick. It's like, oh, this is some serious for some kids. This could be fatal. So I think the bigger issue is some of these colleges that have these uh, students who are there expecting these student athletes to come back and these, they're not ready. They don't have the proper protocol. They don't know how to separate these kids. They don't have, you know, they can't put them in separate um, rooms. They have some of them staying at hotels. 
the testing is not done as often as they should be, and it's not done properly, and that is a parent's worst nightmare. So as for Doug Ford, I'll say this much. I have to be very careful about what I say about politicians. (laughs) (laughs) But I'll say Doug has been handling the pandemic well because he has been listening to what the experts say. He has been waiting to hear what Dr. Tam says, what anybody who's on the corona on the not the like on the task force says before he says anything. He's yeah. not going with his own thoughts and like yeah, no. with his gut feeling. We have, so I'll give we, him that much. We have definitely give him his props on the show, like where it's been due, because he did put on his big boy pants and he wasn't making it a political issue. So Nina, yeah. how do you feel? What do you if you were the premier of Ontario, Nina, and you were in charge, what would you do in terms of the kids going back to school or not? What would your decision be? Um, I don't think it's a good idea because I just feel like it's like, first of all, it's kids. And I, I feel like I'm not even thinking about like high school kids. I'm also thinking about these elementary school kids. Mm-hmm. And like, I get it. They need their routine and they need to have like human interaction with their friends again and stuff. But at the same time, I think it's really dangerous and I do not see it going well. Like I, I can see numbers skyrocketing and just because kids aren't they don't i get it their teacher is going to try to help them but how is one teacher going to be able to manage all these 15 kids making sure every single one of them is actually washing their hands and leave the bathroom or like stuff like that you know like it's already hard enough as it is like so i just i don't know i i don't see it going well okay solitaire <laughs> i listen i i think these two uh ladies have articulated all the concerns uh well what if you had kids solitaire would you be sending them mm. to, to would you send them if right now if doug Ford said okay it's september 4th or whatever the mm. date is the first week of uh, september kids have to go back to school and you have a couple of kids would you send them you know with, with children i don't even like to like hypothesize on what i would or wouldn't do because you know all the parents that i know the way that they're wrestling with that choice i don't even want to take a guess of what that emotional uh <laughs> that emotional state must be like i i, I don't know i my I'm, mm. I'm inclined to say i'm inclined to say no i'm inclined to say you know mm. i would rather my kids like tr- or like try to have them learn at home but then some parents who've been with their kids every day for the past five months and are like struggling with you know finding ways to entertain their kids or be motivated to take care of their kids like they might be like, listen, uh, I'll take the chance, and I can't fault them or wrong them either way. I, I, I don't mm. know, man. It's, it's, it's tough. It's, it's a really delicate situation. Okay, well, mm-hmm. let's look at some of the science because uh, some, well, there's a doctor by the name of Otto Health who's a pediatric infectious uh, disease expert, and basically that they're saying the science is clear that asymptomatic children have unknowingly spread the virus to others in schools. School children have also infected their parents. So, and I'm also wondering about the parents that are already anti-mask and they're really not even doing the necessary precautions that the rest of are doing. They mm-hmm. still have kids that they will send to school with your kids when you've been being careful. So mm-hmm. that's another thing that we have to consider as well. Uh, so more than 20 countries have reopened schools over the past spring, whatever, and a lot of them have seen actually spikes as a result of them opening their schools as well. So we can always look to Europe or the other countries that had their early spikes and then they've dealt with it and then they've gotten back to some sort of normalcy and part of that normalcy was kids going back to school however there have been outbreaks in schools in china israel south korea they had to close their schools down again in germany a proportion of children under the age of 19 compromised the cluster of new infections that doubled in a two-month period after schools reopened so uh, it's it's a tough decision to make and when you see that kind of evidence and I get it. Andrea, I'm with you 100%. I don't think people are really appreciating the mental 
uh, mm-hmm. long-term effects of what this will be for people that we could be soldiering it right now. Again, we're only a couple of months into this. Mm-hmm. We are we're like five months into it, fine, so to speak. But we've seen reports now from Dr. Tam, who is our, you know, in fact, our Dr. Fauci of Canada, basically, for yeah. the most part, saying we are looking at two to three years, people, of two to three years of what we are present day. This might be our normal. Mm-hmm. What we are doing I mean, today right now in terms of wearing masks indoors, wearing masks or keeping six feet from each other, limiting your contact with people. It feels like it's not normal. This may be our normal. So let me put this to you guys as well. Do you think people can even handle a, a full? We haven't even had a full year of this yet. We're, we haven't even we haven't hit a full year yet. We're five months into this. Do you think people could really handle two or three years of what we are currently doing presently? And I'll start again with our guest, Andrea. Oh, guys, start with me. Of course you start with me. Uh, okay. Uh, I guess it's the polite thing to do. I am the guest here. Yes, but, you are the guest. Um, <laughs> and you've broken a record, by the way. I, I, well, I thank you. Um, Most I think, appearances on hashtag. I think it depends on what country, because it's very interesting. I've been reporting on this, of course, since the beginning. And it's the biggest thing is to watch how different countries, different continents are handling this. So for the countries that are not handling this well, uh, for example, USA. Brazil... Russia, like there's some countries where they're just, it's a disaster. India, like it's just unbelievable because their their politicians, their political leaders are out to lunch, don't know what they're doing, and the people are suffering because of that. The idea of those people dealing with this for the next two to three years scares me to my core for those for those uh, populations for those people especially the people who don't have a lot of money you know they're going to be wiped out if this goes on for three years in those countries all of those people who are below the poverty line which for them those in those countries are a huge part of the population Andrea, you know I, what after let me just jump in here you know what i think guys i think that this coronavirus is just going to magically disappear <laughs> by October. Uh, by October, uh, the economy is going to open he's, back he's up. He's doing schools his best gonna, Trump right now, Schools Andrew. are going to open back up. The economy is going to be <laughs> raring to go by Halloween. I think that's going to be the, t- the determined time. That's what I think, Andrew. What do you think about that? <laughs> I'm going to say this one. If, if they can come up with a vaccine, that's going to be the answer. No, it it's not. That, it won't be. That, no, it's not. It won't be. It's gonna. It'll be a. It'll be a huge relief for a lot of countries. Yeah, for the lot of, but not for the states. Not for the countries that are, are have let me, uh, anti-vaxxers. Let me, let me tell you something. Well, the anti-vaxxers. That's gonna be another interesting, interesting thing because yeah, I already. There you go. That's, that's what we're talking to, about. I've already <laughs> talked to anti-vaxxers who are ready without the vaccine being ready. They've already announced that they are not, not taking, taking the vaccine. Of course they are. I, of course. And I go, and I go, okay, you can do that, but understand something. You will not be able to travel to another country. Your children will not be able to go to that school. You will not be allowed to do a lot of things. Like, you're going to really have to be in some commune somewhere. Let if them you stay now? Let them stay now? <laughs> and I'm saying, like, this idea that people already have in their head that they don't want to take it. I'm like, are you not aware of the pandemic that we are in the middle of right now? If you can't hear, you must feel. I, I, You know what? I feel bad for the people in the United States because you asked me this question. Do you think we can do this for another two or three years? We just have to watch the news and see the house parties in Los Angeles. <laughs> the, 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 you know, or the in block, Brampton. Right? Or in and Brampton. The block, goes, the block yeah. goes in all these different places. And it's like. They are barely handling it now. Do I think they can do two to three years? Um, people have shown themselves to be very ignorant and they want to do what they want to do and they'll compare it to, 
you know, being enslaved, which has been so disgusting oh, to even listen started. to that nonsense. Don't get me started. But I don't know. I, it's very interesting. Humans have really shown their stupidity right. during this yeah. time. Oh, pff, absolutely. Uh, let me Where ask. Let me ask you, Nina. Um, can you can you do two to three years more of this? Uh, it sounds so crazy. Like I I don't know. But you know what? I think like at the same time like having even though everything is not fully open and like back to normal i think having what we have now even with the restrictions and stuff it's actually distracting and kind of helpful like i didn't really realize it was five months until i counted it out and i was like oh man because like we've been like most people have been trying to keep busy with whether it's going for walks or going to the park or like now that the bars are open like outdoor patios like stuff like that right I feel like that's kind of helped in that sense. And it kind of distracts you from the fact that like, it's been that long. So I do think it's possible, but at the same time for me, but I wouldn't want to do it. And I don't think it's possible for the rest of the world though. Like obviously there's people who will comply and there's people who aren't going to comply. And can, I, can we just do a shout out to the introverted antisocial people who are like, bring it on. I'll do it in two years. Holla right I here. Like, Click, I click. Like my house. Hey, yo. I don't need to go out. Hey, yo. I'm out. right here. Yeah. Right here. L- let's just do a shout out to those people who are like, oh, yeah. I could do this for a lifetime. Sorry, Whatever. yeah. On, in all honesty, it's just Thursday, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it's just <laughs> Thursday. I'm good. Yeah, I'm true, really so good. Trust. But yep. I get it, though, for a lot of people, especially socializing. Someone like Nina, who likes to go out and party and club and stuff, the club's being shut down. That's got to be a part of your life that you're missing in terms of being It was, yeah, friends. for a little bit. Yeah. Also, you don't miss the clubs anymore, Nina? No, not that I have the patio and and the I relationship. Mean, yeah, that too. <laughs> you, know, you know what? You guys actually just brought up a good point that we just reported on. So three things that have happened relationship-wise during this pandemic. Oh yes. Single people have been going online more than ever in history. I believe that. Every single online dating site is like, yo, it's bananas. We're oh. making money hand over fist matchmakers they're like we've never seen this type andrea, of nonsense before andrea can i tell you because i was just saying this to solitaire the other day it's never been a better time to meet someone than right now really and truly well, online but i don't know about a person Would you no trust but that? but the thing here's the thing what i'm saying is that when you meet someone online right now we are still having these restrictions like you're not just going to meet them up for coffee or be at a club that mm-hmm. actually forces you maybe to get to know each other a little better instead of speeding it up in terms of you know, the whole normal cycle that you do when you meet someone. I act- Going on dates. It's also really good for the men in their pocketbooks because you don't have to pay for that first <laughs> oh, yeah. date because you can't go the restaurant. You can do a free Zoom chat and what? call it a night. Trust. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. That's, That's what I'd be thinking about if I were a dude. It's cheaper like, than oh, McDonald's. No. Yeah, guys. It's, it's cheaper like, than dude. McDonald's. Yeah. Zoom. Zoom and eat your food in your house. <laughs> That's what's going on. Oh, and the other thing that's happening is uh, the divorce rate has gone up by 25%. That's another crazy thing that oh, has gone on. Oh, I have not on. heard that. Yeah, 25%. Every divorce lawyer is like, this time, every single year, we've never sense, seen though. these numbers. That makes so sense. So the, the people who went in with a partner want out, and the people who went into this without a partner want, want in. in. Yeah, this is crazy. Okay, Solitaire, yeah. that's pretty much it for Have You Heard. Um, again, we'll keep an eye on it. We're getting closer to September in terms of whether or not the kids will be going back to school or not. I don't. I really don't know. I Luckily, well, not luckily, but I'm blessed maybe that i don't have kids that i don't have to worry about this kind of thing right now like Mm -hmm. it's just a whole Mm -hmm. other stress level that parents are dealing with on top of just everything else that's already been stressful this whole 2020 has just been one stress test month after month after month after month so i feel for the parents out there i really do so we'll see what happens 
um you just got to do what's best for yourself and your family when it's all said and done right absolutely and shout out to the parents with the online teaching because i know i'm not smart enough i couldn't do it i couldn't do it that i'm like kid you're gonna fail you're gonna fail this year terrible so solitaire that's it for have you heard's all right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for have you heard, <laughs> uh, for the olds of y'all on the radio, stay tuned. For those of y'all who are listening to the podcast, stay with us. We'll be right back. This is hashtag. Oh, it's cursing time. Yay. It's just, it's just, inter- it's just intermediate time. That's all. Yeah. But we get to fucking swear now and shit and yeah. get to just be ourselves and shit. Right, yes. It's weird to hear you swear. It doesn't even sound right coming out of your mouth. Really? You don't, you, Andrea, trust, I curse when it's when it's called for. That's <laughs> when it's called for, I curse. You sound like such a gentleman that it sounds weird to hear you curse. It's oh, like, okay. ready is cursing? Yeah, oh, my so, God. Yeah. But I've actually been cursing more than recently, unfortunately. So I got you know who I never, you know I've never heard curse? Sheldon. I mean, Solitaire. You've what? never heard him? Yeah, sure, you haven't. He's one of the most not listen foul to my music? people I've ever met, to be honest with you. Yeah, do you, but. Do you not yeah. listen to my music in the past? I know, but it's different. I'm talking about, like, in regular, like, talking. We've known each other since we were children. I've never heard you curse. I can't even remember ever hearing you curse. You know why? I bet you because he respects you. That's bullshit. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, gonna he say. doesn't curse around you because he respects that you. That ain't it. That ain't fucking it. That ain't it. So what the fuck, Solitaire? What the fuck? Yeah. What does that mean? Because he curses yeah. around me. Yeah, he curses I, I, around me too. Yeah. I don't I don't know what the fuck you guys are talking about. <laughs> if this is just trying to get me to curse, I curse mm. like a drunk sailor. I never I, hear it. He literally just, just said, what the fuck? <laughs> you didn't just hear me curse? Yeah, he cursed. He, he just cursed. But, but it's just like you're trying to make a point, but yeah, I'm just saying, like, is. I don't, in curse. normal conversation, I never hear you curse. What are you drinking, well, you uh, Andrea? Uh, Tea. Oh, okay. All right. No, I'm not. Okay, anything you know could be in that one, cup. You know the one thing I've decided not to do because I know it's the long lines in liquor stores when this pandemic started. I'm like, I, one thing I will not do is get into this alcoholic nonsense. Why is everybody using so much alcohol? Like, what's yeah. happening? You know what? Honestly, same thing for me too. And um, we'll get into a little bit when we get into Black Lives Matter. We're still in the podcast moment, and Andrew, you don't know, but I actually got traumatized by the George Floyd thing. Mm. Um, so during the whole trauma time, I had one bottle of wine here that I did mm. not open because I didn't want to start drinking in that state. Now, yeah. ever since I broke out of the trauma, first of all, lineups for the LCBO are always out of control. I always, don't like booze that much. Yeah, you know, wait, it's not that bad in my neighborhood anymore. There's no really? lineups anymore. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, it's not me too. It, it's, me too. It's on tilt every friggin' day for me. Like, there's one LCBO close to me at the Loblaws there at uh, Mount Pleasant and close to Mount Pleasant and Eglinton or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's always a lineup for the LCBO. I've actually had to ask Solitaire to buy whiskey for me sometimes. But going back to the trauma, since I had it, I have not had any desire to drink anything other than wine. I'm good with wine. And I can get mm. that shit at the wine rack easy. Yeah. Real yeah, easy. Yeah. So I haven't touched anything above what is uh what is wine's uh, usual percentage? Oh, it's nothing. Yeah, it's nothing, but uh it still gets um, you drunk though. I I get pregnant girlfriends who drink in wine. Like, no, it's not it's not which is not a good thing. I'm not promoting and it. Yeah, always, Andrea, that's not right. cool, man. <laughs> always with the right amount of information. She always has just the that, right that's amount fucked up shit. That's some fucked up shit that you said just now, Andrea. I know. Good. That, pregnant that is actually like, the most fucked up thing I think I've ever heard Andrea say, to be no, honest with you. You're allowed to, you're allowed to have <laughs> to a glass of wine when you're pregnant. Friends drinking wine? 
I'm not sure. drunk. I'm not sure. Doesn't get them drunk. Just like no, a, a glass of wine. They say a you, glass they, of wine. Yeah, you can have a glass of wine. Thirteen percent is what this bottle is. I'm gonna finish this whole bottle during the show. By well, the way. here's the deal. This is what I realized during the pandemic. Like, I need you need groceries, so like you have to stand in line for groceries. It's different. But I was like, do I like wine enough to stand up in this long two block long line? No. Yo, no, I'll drink some juice any day. I was wine like, wine rack is that. good, man. Wine rack is the best thing. Trust. She yeah. said she said she would drink some juice every I'll drink some juice. I'll have Make some, some grape juice. juice. I'll have some yep. grape juice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Have you been drinking a lot over the pandemic, Solitaire? No. Like not at all. Have you been drinking just just normal? I'd, I'd have like a casual drink, like one or two. Like I went to a barbecue last week and I had like maybe like two crown and cokes. You know? But uh yeah, I haven't really no, not I haven't I really been uh that's the thing for me. Drinking is a is a very social thing, and I ha- I've been socializing, but it's all been now? online and. Uh... Yeah, like I I don't drink by myself, but like like I did the very beginning of the pandemic. Remember that story when me and my sisters did the edibles, and then we did the wine night with my mom. But like, then me and my boyfriend got bored, and we did like a game night. But it wasn't like every single weekend, you know. It was like maybe once a month, okay. which is pretty normal to what I did. Because both you Scorpios, you guys are both Scorpios. Yes, we are. And, um, all three of us. All three, all three of us. Yeah. Oh, what? Yeah. What? Do you right. remember? <laughs> oh, whoa. November 12th. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Three Scorpios. Yeah. So, Real guess... Scorpios, too. Not like yeah. October 31st. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So hold on. Okay, hold right on. Wait. So wait, there's, the there's fake Scorpios? Yeah. yeah. yeah like they hang out in October. Yeah. Borderline Scorpios. Borderline. It's like whatever. I think Drake, Drake considers himself a Scorpio, but he's, isn't he like uh He's on the cusp, bro. Yeah, oh he's my like, God. Oh, you guys are birthday, Scorpio elitists. You know what? Technically, I'm kind of on the cusp too, because I'm November 19th. No, no, you're good. You're good. Yeah, no, you. But you're, yeah, you're well into the. You're well you guys into are ridiculous. Like, yeah, yeah. Wait, you guys are ridiculous. Wait, hold on. So you guys, you three are first of all one Aquarius here versus three Scorpios people. Just oh, so you, an Aquarius. So, so we're here, all the same. But so this whole fake Scorpio thing, you guys, mm-hmm. what, why, how? Once you're in you that date category, you're in that date category. You're a Scorpio. No, yeah. it's not like that. No, <laughs> only a non-Scorpio would say that shit. No, if you're like, if you're like in the b- very beginning in October and you're like October twenty third trying to squeeze in, it's like, yeah, not really. Um, but like, if you're a true, you know, November seventh, November, you know, eighteen, you're a Scorpio, Scorpio. Those people who are on the cusp, like, let's be real. Drake feels a little bit more like a Libra to me, but. <laughs> You know, I don't want to insult him because he bigs us up, but it's like, yeah, no, we are a little bit elitist about our Scorpioness. We are. I know we get a lot of flack from all the other signs. They don't like us, but they can all roll oh, in. I don't, I don't have a problem with Scorpios. Clearly, I know a lot of Scorpios. So mm, clearly, honestly, although though, you got to admit, would, Aquarians are amazing. Come on, we're amazing. I don't know many. You know, like I you're the only one I know. I wouldn't go that far. My sister's an Aquarian. I wouldn't go that far. Do you, love your, do you, <laughs> not, love your, do you not love your sister? Um, I love her. I didn't say I didn't love her, but amazing. That's a heavy word. Your sister's uh, amazing. Your sister's amazing. Trust me. She's she's alright. <laughs> your sister's amazing. Well, whoever had your sister out there, I love you. I'm here she for you. I'm here yeah, with you. She but she solitaire, we got to get back into radio. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the program. You're tuned in, dialed in, locked into the greatest conversation on the planet. We took a little hiatus, but we are back in full effect. Thank you for joining us. It's your man, Solitaire, along with DJ Ready Fox, No Better Nina. And we are joined today by our esteemed uh, 
legacy guest, longtime friend, the good friend, Andrea Bain, <laughs> podcaster, <laughs> author, <laughs> uh, TV personality, newscaster, entrepreneur, author, uh, juice sipping, you know. <laughs> Dog loving Scorpio, yes, Scorpio, all all of the things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up, Welcome guys? Welcome Thanks back for having me back. Thank you. You've broken a record, Andrea. You are now. I think this is your fourth appearance on the show, and you and Rich Kid are going neck and neck in terms of most appearances on hashtag. Yo, Rich who's kid. this rich? Who's this rich kid? Let's <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Who's rich this guy? kid. Rich kid. Is, rich kid is the homie, man. That's a good brother playing. of mine. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> rich no, kid, a good. legend. It's yeah, all good. No, I love coming on. You guys have a great show. It's always fun to come and mix it up and talk about real issues. So, uh, thank you guys for having me back. Excellent, excellent. Well, now, if you thought the uh, "Have you heard today?" was heavy, now we're going to get into. Uh, some Black Lives Matters matters, uh, if you will. Um, I think it's best to turn over the reins of this conversation to a young DJ Reddy Fox to navigate uh, us you. to the course of uh, this. Uh, huh, this this and t- along with the pandemic, it's almost like we're having a race a race demic. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's good. I love it and simultaneously. And Yo, uh, Black yeah, Lives Matter, y'all. Every day, all day. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to discuss. So let's uh, let's begin the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to probably, for the near future, as long as it's going on and it's never going to stop, we will use our politics as usual time mostly to talk about Black Lives Matter. So sorry, not sorry. If you don't like it, change the dial. All the same. So a couple of news to announce. First of all, um, see... This came out on the news this week saying that the FBI are now investigating the Breonna Taylor murder. Mm. Now, some of the dates on this have been for May, so I don't know if this is new news or if it's old news, but it just started popping up this week. So we will see what this plays out in terms of the Kentucky FBI Department now are investigating the Breonna Taylor murder. Mm. Now, as you guys may not know, I hope that you know if you do not know already, she was a, a paramedic. She was in her home. They did this, uh, I forget what the term was for, where they just can just basically break into anybody's home if they have like an unsomething warrant or whatever. So they basically killed her. Um, her boyfriend at the time shot back at the police in self-defense because to them it was just like a home break-in as far as they were concerned. But unfortunately, these police murdered Brianna Taylor. There have been no arrests, but now news mm-hmm. is at least that the FBI have opened an investigation into it. There are still no arrests, so I don't know. I'm not uh, necessarily holding my breath about it, so we'll see. So that's just news real quick. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. what I really wanted to talk about for this week was that we've had the return of sports. The NBA has been back. Can't tell you how happy I am about the Raptors. (laughs) Yes, I'm taking advantage of this opportunity to say that the Raptors have been killing it, as they have been. Always, they're just 3-0 since the actual regular season has restarted in the bubble. And they beat the Lakers, they beat uh, Miami, as well as Orlando yesterday. So the, the Raptors are doing their thing. Now, a lot of controversy was surrounding whether or not the NBA should even restart. Was it going to take away from the Black Lives Matter movement? So let me ask you guys, first of all, before we get into the nooks and crannies of the conversation, do you think it was the right decision on the NBA's part and sports in general because the Major League Baseball is back as well as hockey has restarted as well. So do you think it's a good decision? Do you think it's going to detract from what's going on in the real world in terms of the pandemic and Black Lives Matter? But are you happy to see sports back? And I actually think, just I'll say for myself, I am happy to see it back for the mental health of people that I think people needed this. So once again, let's start with our guest today, uh, the illustrious 
and mm-hmm. Bane. Yo, I'm illustriously. <laughs> um, <laughs> you alright? You alright? Yeah, I'm sorry. I take it back. I'm you all right. right. <laughs> I'm alright. Um, I think it was. A, you know what? I agreed with the NBA coming back. At first, I think I had a lot of questions, like most people. Like, is this the time? Should they be coming back? Because there was this big issue. But then I remember that the majority of the players are African-American right. on those teams. And when the games get back, well, then we're talking about doing more press. That means that they're going to have a chance to talk. And because the NBA commissioner is so fantastic about letting their play, the players in the NBA use their platform to talk about social issues that, that matter to them and allow them to kneel without any question. None of the owners are going to get involved. Not every league can say that. I thought it was important for them to get back, not only for them to get back, you know, and the way that they did it was also pretty safe, but also for them to be able to talk because a lot of them, you know, people were listening to LeBron, but there are a lot of other players who have things to say and sitting in front of the media on a regular basis would give them a chance to talk about how they feel and the things they want written on their jersey. And I think the way that they've handled it is that they've allowed it to still do their day jobs, but also still let people know that these are the things that matter to them, whether they have something on the back of their jersey or they use their airtime to talk about Breonna Taylor. So all in all, I think the NBA has handled it the best out of all the other leagues. As you would expect, because they've always had a pretty good record with uh, social issues. And let's give a big shout to Chris Paul. He's the president of the Players Association who negotiated to make sure the players would have the freedom to express whatever they want on the back Mm -hmm. of their jerseys because I know Solitaire, he loves seeing people that wear the respect us on the back of their Mm. jersey or whatever. Mm. So let me put it to Solitaire right now real quick. Do you think it was the right decision for the NBA to start now? Do you think it was needed? Do you think it was too soon? Do you think it it distracts from the Black Lives Matter movement for what's happening in the streets? I think it was a... It was a combination of commerce meeting uh, the opportunity in terms of the players to use their platform uh, for people's thirst for a return to some kind of normalcy and Mm -hmm. a return to being able to watch their favorite sports. The players took it upon themselves and realized that, hey, we're going to have a platform to be able to say our message unfiltered and they fought for it. The NBA had the foresight and the understanding uh, to agree to their terms. And now we're getting the best of both worlds. You know, mm-hmm. there's, they're getting their broadcast, which is bringing their advertising dollars. But if you are a sports fan, if you are a basketball fan around the world, every night you're seeing <laughs> on full display, mm-hmm. regardless of whatever your perspective, your opinion, your thoughts do not matter. The only thing that matters is Black lives. And I'm here for that. I have never been an avid sports watcher, to be honest. I watch basketball and I watch particularly when the Raptors are playing or like if a big game like LeBron you know, or I'll watch the big players and I'm, you know, just being truthful. I, I play sports. Don't get it twisted. I love sports, but I'm not an avid, like, television watcher of sports. So it was, you know, I'm glad that basketball fans and sports fans get the return of their sports, but mm-hmm. it really has not impacted me. I'm just glad that they okay. that they, 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 they chose to make sure that they didn't want to basketball to be a distraction for the issues and that i'm very happy about okay mm-hmm. nina you're i don't know if nina is a basketball fan or not or whatever nina are you are you a ball fan um i watch it i'm not like i'm i don't watch it religiously but like i watch it okay. here and there did you, did you think it was too soon for the nba to start up or any of the sports to start up do you um, think it takes away from black oh. lives matter I'm kind of on the same page as the other two because it's like, yeah, with like my my grandpa, for example, watches all sports. So whenever I come upstairs, like everything is on. And like with baseball and hockey, 
so far I haven't really seen anything that really alludes to like mm-hmm. bringing attention back to Black Lives Matter. But mm-hmm. with basketball, that's where I'm seeing it. And I think like that was a really good move by them, as everyone had already said, in order to allow them to have those messages on their jerseys because it just shows like at the end of the day, like, yeah, we're playing, but like we're still reminding all of you that this is still happening. This isn't just a distraction. Like this is still happening and it's still at an issue that's at the forefront. So yeah, I don't think it was like a bad idea for them. Okay. Can yeah. I, can I, can I just add one of more course. thing? Yeah. I think it was also important. And one thing that was, that was noted is that a lot of the sports fans who will wear a LeBron Jersey, they love Kobe Bryant. They love all these black players, but and they would cheer for them and they love them and they'll spend all kind of money to see them, but they really weren't seeing them as black men or as people who period are, who are directly affected by the violence that happens in the same cities, which these people go to these games. Right. So I think it was great for the, for the fans to kind of be like, yeah, it's great for you to think that LeBron's great, but you know, understand something. LeBron lives in the same world as all of these other victims of police brutality live so this is an issue for him and if you can't accept that if you don't want to hear that well maybe you're not as much of a a fan of this person and And i love that we're seeing the humanity in these players and not just a bunch of athletes right catching balls and you know and let's not get fans go crazy just because lebron james is lebron james he's not um like removed from from racism yeah Yeah. because he's literally had someone write the n-word on his garage door just a couple of years ago so yeah. let's not get it twisted. Your money does not change the fact that you're a black man living in this world. I'm not even going to say America because let's move on a little bit to the NHL now having to deal with Black Lives Matter because mm. shouts out to Matt Dumba or Dumba. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. Dumba. 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 Okay, so big mm-hmm. shouts to Matt Dumba because he took a knee at the uh, when uh, the Oilers were playing the uh, Blackhawks and they need to change that name there, Chicago, looking at you. Um, real quick, though, being that... Um, <laughs> He took a knee, obviously, during the American National Anthem, but he actually said he regretted not taking a knee during the Canadian National Anthem. And I was a little surprised by that, but happy to hear him say that because I want to ask you guys now, would you like to see some athletes, and I was already surprised to see anybody kneeling in the NHL in the first place. That's more than I expected. I'm surprised that they can't even say the word black in NHL, to be honest Mm, with you. That's a whole other thing. First of all, Sidney Crosby, I don't think you actually care, bro. I'm just going to say this out loud on the radio for everyone to hear. Don't like you looking at you. Okay, Sidney Crosby, because these guys still went to the White House when everybody else was saying, you know, we already saw what Donald Trump was. And they were like, yeah, politics isn't a part of our lives. You guys are full of sweet honey iced tea. You guys are full of sweet honey iced tea. So there you go. So penguins, whatever. But I was surprised to see the NHL actually doing this. Uh, Tyler Sagan of the Minnesota Stars actually took a knee as well, and some other stars, uh, NHL stars, took knees with him as well in a, Valis, a Vegas-Dallas game. So I was surprised to see that. So I want to ask you guys again, and I'll start with Andrea one more time since she's our special mm-hmm. guest. Would you like to see athletes starting to take a knee during the Canadian National Anthem? Uh, can I be very honest? It's going to be a little bit controversial what I'm going to say. I don't give a flying frig if somebody takes a knee. What I would like to see is the policing of black people change. I want to see accountability. I want the number of police officers who murder unarmed black people and brown people uh, go to jail and actually do time. Only 1% of police officers who are involved in Breonna Taylor likes um, inter- interactions. Is that high? What? No, I'm oh, exactly. I'm surprised it's that high. I, I, appreciate, I appreciate all the things that have been happening. I appreciate all of those things. But at the end of the day, I want justice. 
It's nice that some millionaire who plays for uh, uh, some professional sport takes a knee during an anthem, but it doesn't change things for Bianca Taylor's mom or her family or anybody else's family who's been affected by this. And let me just say this about the NHL. I know probably will be a little bit controversial as well, but they have their own issue Mm -hmm. with race and they haven't even addressed. There's a reason why there are not many black players in the NHL. I talked to Akeem Alu, who's a former NHLer, and he talked about his experience and it was horrific and racism. And this is a half black, half Russian young man who was treated like garbage, had all of these race issues. They have a long way to go. And the only reason why you're seeing a person kneel is because they got called out. They got called out for not doing anything while everybody, every other sport was doing something. So I'm not really here for the fake, just do it for PR reasons. Neil, say something. We'll pick this Dumba kid to say something. It's all nice and it's all, you know, it's all for show. But for me, the bigger issue is I need to see change in the system. Right. That's a good answer. <laughs> good answer. But let's go to uh, Solitaire real quick. So would you like to see some athletes starting to take a knee during the Canadian National Anthem? Uh, I uh, I would like to call an audible because Angie stole my answer. <laughs> um, I I 100% agree, and uh, you know it's funny going back to the kind of Jay Z controversy with the NFL. Say what you will about whatever happened with that deal, but he made a point that I thought uh, resonated with me. I not to say that I don't think it's important that athletes continue the knee protest, but at this point. Whether or not athletes choose to take a knee, I don't care. Like, this is beyond that now. We need substantive, mm-hmm. measurable changes. We need to talk about uh, realistically defunding the police. And by defunding the police, we're not talking about abolishing the police. We're not talking about mm-hmm. eliminating police. We're talking about taking a portion of that budget and actually emphasizing on addressing the issues at the core of why there are violence in these marginalized communities. Meaningful, impactful, lasting change. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whether or not some racist hockey, soccer, football, baseball, basketball player takes a knee at this point is of no consequence to me. Mm -hmm. Okay, can I just say for you guys, like, I want to get to Nina real quick, but I actually think it's still very symbolic. And I actually think it still sends a message, especially for the people. Like, when you see a Nashville predator hockey player taking a knee that's going to at least show that fan base that probably doesn't care about black lives matter it's going to inject it into their lives seeing that i 100 percent agree so i agree there's, i'm but not there's, saying but that. there's value in that that's what I i'm didn't saying say that, no absolutely no but there i'm saying this to both you and andrea that um i get it where you're like you want to see the substantive policy changes that are going to really affect people's lives but these athletes people look up to them Kids look no, up but to them. Yeah, but here's the deal. We're black people, so we have a different, like, reality every day of our lives. This is something that we know this has been generations, hundreds of years of black people patiently waiting for change. So forgive us if in 2020, I'm a little shrugging of the shoulder about you <laughs> kneeling during an anthem at a gate. Like, I really don't care. Yeah, I agree. And I think like, again, what I'm saying is it's not about the fact that, uh, you know, I'm not saying that athletes should stop taking me. Again, I said it is important. And I'm glad that the athletes who are choosing to protest in that way continue to do so. As you said, it is a symbol. What I'm not going to concern myself with is going after the athletes who are choosing and saying, oh, you should or whether or not you should actually... 
whether or not you should actually uh, choose to take a knee uh, to me is, like I said, I'm focused on the things that we have control over. I don't have control over why this person, this athlete, this, whoever is deciding not to take a knee. There's bigger things to worry about than picking right. and like okay. highlighting people who aren't taking a knee. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. And I'm going to talk, touch on uh, Jonathan Isaac real quick, but before we do that, Nina, so yeah. what do you think? Like, do you think, there's any value in seeing athletes take a knee or is it just symbolic or do you think it actually is helpful so i fall in between both like all of your guys's perspective because for me it's like it is bringing awareness to like hold on nina before you start andrea i don't know if you have a bad connection or not but we're not seeing you and your audio is just a little weird right now so i don't know if you want to jump out and jump back in while nina i I just sent her i just sent her a message okay perfect okay Okay, Um, so nina i'll ask you the question again real quick we're just dealing with hey this is the magic of radio people (laughs) we deal with technical issues so nina do you feel like seeing athletes take a knee is valuable in that they're role models for the most part or do you think like solitaire and andrea are saying that um you know, it's fine. It's all fine and dandy, but real change needs to be on a policy level. Yeah. So I'm with both because it's like, yeah, with the NHL and stuff, if they're taking knees there, it's showing that like redneck community that like, (laughs) oh crap, my favorite players actually care about black people. Like maybe this is something I should actually look into because people do get influenced by these people in these in these positions that they look up to and stuff. Right. I know for myself, especially as a kid, I like, I example, like Avril Lavigne, I literally like, I used to buy the studded bracelets and belts and everything. Like I wanted to be just like her, you know? So if, if it starts and like, we always hear that it starts with the younger generation too. And like, if that's true, then I do think that it's important for that kneeling to happen. However, I also agree with the sense that the kneeling it, it brings awareness, but there's a difference between bringing awareness and bringing actual change. And I think that's where the the struggle kind of is in that sense. Is that is that like, yeah, cool, we're kneeling, but like, what else is happening? Like, what actual policies are happening, and what's actually mm-hmm. going to change when it comes to authorities and dealing with black and brown people? Okay. So that's kind of where I stand. I'm in I'm in between both. Like, I'm here for it, but I'm also just like, well, come on, like what. You're right. Where is the rest? Okay. Well, we, we don't have a lot of time left before we have to wrap up the segment uh, to go to commercial break for the radio. But I want to backtrack a little bit and talk to Andrea because um, this is the first time we're speaking to her since George Floyd's death. Mm-hmm. So I want to uh, kind of uh, ask you because, again, for me, I, I experienced a lot of trauma from seeing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to avoid seeing it. And once I did see it, it kind of I spiraled for a week and a half or so of out of character behavior (laughs) let's put it that way so i want to ask you um just going back to it because this was like the spark there have been so many deaths obviously george floyd it was just it it was almost like just the last straw for black people to say you know what enough's enough because we just Mm. we've just had enough of it like that was pretty much it but we have so many examples and now i feel like brianna taylor has actually kind of become more even more of the spirit of black lives matter even than george floyd even though he was the spark for it but how did you come across it did you watch it how did you process Mm. it um i as i mentioned earlier i can you guys hear me properly not really sort of kind of but i had to go i had to go bluetooth because my phone was dying um so i had a very uh unique perspective because i was anchoring the news so for six hours i sit in a studio by myself and i read copy and introduce these stories and at the time of george floyd's death that's all we were talking about. 
I had to intro and watch that story because mm -hmm. I'm locked in a chair in a studio and watch that video over and over and over. And oh not in a way that I can turn away, not in a way that I can give my opinion. I can't and I'd have to talk to experts, talk to ex-police officers, talk to lawyers, talk to associate um, um, you know, um, professors, political science professors from everywhere all over the United States. And I really could like, I compared to like, there's like an outer body experience because in order to survive it and to do my job properly, as a black person, I had to divorce myself from the emotions I was having How? and just almost become a robot. Of How did life. you do that? I'm just reading. I'm How did just you do that? reading. All I had to do was just sit there and just read it and not. And when I can't handle it, if I can't wa watch the video, I put my head down when the video's up. Well, you guys are the viewers at home are watching it. I would put my head down and I just had to go through the motions because it, it, I'm not in a position to cry, scream, get angry. When I interview people, I cannot give my opinion. I, it's not my job right. to yell at the ex-cop and be like, don't give me this. I can't do that. So I really, it really pushed me to my limits as a professional to like really be impartial. Remember that I am a, I, in this job and in this moment, I am a news anchor and not a black woman who is disgusted by watching a man get murdered in the street while everybody watched while this police officer has his knee on his neck. It was a very challenging time. And I remember getting home one day and just like sending a tweet out to all the other reporters that I saw that were also working and just sending out some love, like people that I don't even know. Like, I don't personally know them. I know they're on air, but I was like, I'm just sending you some love and some light because this is hard. Yeah, it is hard to do this, to put on a nice outfit and get your hair and makeup done and watch a black man get murdered over and over and over again. And then go home and then everybody that you're surrounded by at your workplace is white. So they're not getting it. They're not like, feeling they it the all, way you're feeling it. They don't have a clue. The they don't have a clue they're what also, you're feeling. They're also <clears throat> feeling awkward, I think. I think they were also kind of like, they don't know what to say. And they don't want to take the chance of saying something wrong because they're still, we are in a workplace. And then all the other race conversations, it has been, you know, it, it was really challenging. But yeah, no, it was... That's the hard part about doing news, where it's like you're so, gonna read and talk about a lot of very uncomfortable what, stuff. What did, what did you do when you came home after a night of working, especially again, because I only saw bits <laughs> and pieces of the the video, and it was enough to literally traumatize me. Like when yeah, I say yeah. traumatize me, I'm not I'm not BSing anybody here. Like I don't know if mm -hmm. I've gone into details on the radio with people or not, but um, yeah, I'll just say real quick, like no sleeping, no eating, panic attacks, rage, uh, a lot of crying, like five, ten days of just out of character behavior for myself this is a man in toronto canada never knew mm. george floyd nothing like never heard his name until that moment and that image s broke me spiritually yeah. mentally the whole nine but i only had to see it once for that to do that to me andrea you weeks you, months how weeks. how what weeks. do you what do you do after a work day and you go home and you have these emotions to process um, I do. Here's the deal. One thing I'll be on. Uh, this is a little secret. When I get home, I don't watch the news. I don't watch the news. I don't keep up with the news when I'm not working because I, I think it's important for you to give yourself a mental break. There was a lot of Bob's Burgers and a lot of Real Housewives <laughs> of Potomac going on because I needed to dive into the end of another set of television that was not anything about that just so I could decompress read a book, know what was going on. And I made sure that I connected more funny enough with the people in my life. Um, all of my friends, no more texting. I was picking up the phone to call people and to check if they were okay. 
that mm-hmm. is the way that I dealt with it. Um, I'm also um, like I'm a Christian, so I prayed on it a lot uh, just to find the strength to go back to work to clear my head. But there were a couple of days, I'm not going to lie, where I'm like, I felt like going into work with my hair and some Bantu knots going fight the power. <laughs> like there were some times where I really was like, am I going to am I going to have that like black moment at work? Because it was you really it was. Listen, I was not OK. And I said it to people. I'm like, I'm not OK. This is not OK. This is there's something about this, but then it also was really heartwarming in the weeks to follow to watch video of people all over the world take yeah. to the streets in the thousands. And say it's not okay. And say it's not okay. And then that was kind of like a turning point where it's like, okay. And talk to all these experts who are like, we've seen, like, this is not new for us. We know we've been murdered by police officers and they get off and nothing happens. There's a reason why that officer felt so comfortable to do that in broad daylight because in his heart, he knows that he can do this. He's, he's not fine. Get... It's like it's he's just fine. another day at the office for him. Where he's learning the hard way now. It's like, you you know what? That was a straw. Yeah. That was a straw. But it was also really great to have those I think racists are mad at him, to be honest with you. I think racists are mad at him. He ruined the game for them. I think anybody that no, had plans. No, they're not mad at him. They are supporting him. They are sending him money. They would bail him out. They like No, they, trust they, me, they, they may love him, him, but he, he mucked it up for them big time. If that If that stuff and i'm (laughs) censoring myself here if that stuff didn't happen i don't know if we'd be seeing the protests that we're seeing right now with george floyd like i don't know if who knows what the death would have been to be the straw but it happened to be george floyd but if it wasn't for that day at that particular time i don't i think well it still might be business as usual and i'm glad it's not yeah not to go too deep but like listen there's a there's an issue in the united states and in canada when it comes to race this has been an issue for hundreds of years, and it's never been confronted or dealt with properly. And it's still in the system. It's in the prison system. It's in the judicial system. It's everywhere. And you know, when you have that kind of unease, it's all, like there's only it's just one event. It's just one person to just push everybody over the edge, and that's where the riots come from. That is the frustration that builds up. And you know, we've had this frustration before. We saw it in Rodney King. We've seen it in other times. But there's something about George Floyd and maybe it's the timing. Maybe it's COVID. Maybe it's people not being able just to continue with their regular lives and go hashtag, hashtag George Floyd, horrible. Like we were forced to confront what was going on because there was nothing else to distract us. And maybe it's a divine timing of that where George's life, although horrible to watch, but he did not die in vain because the amount of change that we have seen in workplaces not in the police system yet, but in workplaces, people feeling comfortable to say all the horrible things that have happened to them has been the blessing in disguise out of all of this horribleness. Not in disguise. So that, Not in disguise. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. But I mean, like, that is the way that I've been dealing with it because in the beginning, yes, it's hard. But then I've, I've having these conversations and watching the uprise and the change in different countries and the conversations that are happening and um, it's still frustrating, don't get me wrong, but there is, there's movement, mm. and we didn't have that before. The most important thing that I get out of this right now is that George Floyd has not died in vain. I think uh, when this is all said and done, he's going to have a statue in his name, and yes. we're always going to remember it as yes. the lightning. It's going to be the lightning moment where, mm-hmm. you know, I think we change from, you know, kind of, trying to ask or protest to like, no, we're, we are enacting action. Mm -hmm. So 
Anyway, uh, we have to take a break right now, ladies and gentlemen. For those of you who are tuned in to hashtag Vibe105, uh, stay with us. We'll be back right after these messages. For those of y'all on the, st- on the podcast, stay with us. Heavy. Yeah. yeah. Heavy no, stuff, was... but Andrea, I love you. But important. I love you. No, it's, yeah, no, it's important, but... You know, it was, a, it was a challenging time. And honestly, if you ask me, like, I can't even tell you specifically what I did after work. I'll be very honest with you. I love you like, so I think much I right just, now. I think I just had to, like, you just push through. Yeah, like, like you know, honestly. You go, yeah. I, could, I would, I would have, you're, 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 I, you now I know you're, like, a million times stronger than me. A hundred percent. Like, there's no question. No, you would have done it. Uh, you would have done it. Nope, I don't know. You would have done it. Honestly, you I think you're, through. I think you're a million times stronger than me, Andrea. Straight goods. Because... I only I think saw any it, one of us would have done. I it. saw it once, and it was enough to break me. Literally, it broke my soul. It broke my. It broke every part of me. And a solitude. Well, you weren't privy to my rage outbursts publicly. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, solitaire was, and and uh, some other friends. And I had to do a lot of mea culpas <laughs> as a result of it. But um, it. I I can't imagine. I've only seen little bits and pieces of it since the first time I saw it. So he was killed on the Monday. Mm-hmm. I think. And I think I saw the video on the Wednesday. And then we mm-hmm. had our first hashtag show on the Thursday after where I spoke about it for the first time, where mm-hmm. I broke down about it for the first time on the show. I cried about it. And that sent me down the spiral of the trauma that yep. I dealt with over the course of 10 days. But I I eventually had to turn off all the news just to recuperate in my own healing process. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine seeing that video and there's recent new footage now that's been floating around of it um, the body cam right of kind of thing officers. or whatever so uh, people have been sharing that or whatever and i'm very particular I, well, I can't even watch any violence right now to be honest with you i feel like it mm-hmm. triggers me now surprise mm-hmm. surprise i can get triggered i was <laughs> that was never a thing for me before but i can actually get triggered now because um if i see violence in that particular fashion it i feel like i start to feel those same emotions that i was feeling in my trauma state so mm-hmm. I can't imagine trying to do a job. I had to take time off of work. I was off of yeah. work for two weeks because of this. Yeah. And you are literally yeah. working, speaking about it. So I All know you're stronger than me. <laughs> I know this for a fact right now, Andrea. Like, I, I'd like this. I love you right now. Like, I can't, I can't, I can't imagine how you did it. I, I don't even know what to say to you. I really don't like, um, I don't see it as me doing anything special. I knew I, it was you're challenging, so of course. You're so strong. But, I don't know. Maybe it's the black woman in me. I don't know. We just always got to pull through. We always got to pull through and make things happen. So oh, my I don't God. Know. But it was like, what was what was I going to do? Like, in my head, I was like, what are you going to do? You're not going to go in. You're not going to. You're the only one there. You're the only black person at CTV News Channel besides one other girl. Like, you have to be there. Um, and then I also got to make sure that I was instrumental in when I was on air, which I could control the wording that was used, can the I, way we talked about those police officers. Can I maybe so, speak to that as well, too? Because that's part of the, the, the burden of blackness mm-hmm. in the work experience is that you, by all rights and intentions, could have taken some time off of work, you know. Yeah. You, you and Well could have said, you know what, I need a personal day, whatever it is you want to, however you want to put it. But you understanding your role as being the only black person there, you actually put more of a responsibility and onus on yourself to do your job. Which, to be there. I thought it was the there. most important time which, for me to be there. At a time when it's more emotionally difficult for you than it's ever been. That's yeah. not right, right? Like, you should have been able to, in all of your rights, be able to say, I need some time off of work. 
I need to process this on a personal level. Never thought about doing that. Never thought about doing that. And that's never, the strength of black people. That's that. the strength of a black woman. I'm like, I never thought about doing that. If anything, it was like, it's hard, but you got to be there. And I can't tell you how many times there was one guy that I talked to in Atlanta. He's a former NAACP uh, president of the NAACP. And we had like, a, you know, black people have those moments, you know, you kind of like see how black men nod their head when they see each other walking down the street. Yeah, the black man nod. We had, yeah. <laughs> we know it. We had, we, during the interview, being as professional as we possibly could be, we had like a black person like, I see you, yeah. oh, I see you too. Yeah. We gonna have this conversation. Yeah. So, and I would like just tee him up the best questions so he could yeah. just like, well, Andrea, yeah. let me tell you about the I history of the, and I would just be like, that's right. And I would like, yeah. I'll tee you up another one. So... I use that, like, that for me was what I felt like I had to be there. Because it's like, I don't know, you just know your people. And I had a lot of great conversations. And I, I remember um, my boyfriend said to me, he's like, yeah, I saw you talk to that one professor out of Minnesota. And you guys had, like, a sister moment. I go, yeah, it was real quick and a little moment. It was a little moment, but, like, uh, Andrea, Andrea, it is good to see you. Deborah, it is good to see you, too. Like, <laughs> right? So... I did I love have it. some great moments where I'm like, I get to be on the air and talk to these people about what's going on and ask those questions that my coworkers won't think to ask because it's really not their experience. Right. But at the same time, they did um, they did a, a anti-racism special and they never included me either. So it ain't all roses. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> oh, man. So, okay, we're still in the podcast moment right now, so... I think we need to address this right now. Um, spicy chicken is beating up Nina. <laughs> Listen, man. <laughs> I Nina, ordered. Nina left the show. People may not know this because for a little dying. while, for a little while, Nina was gone. And Andrew, you don't know this because we have our own hashtag um, thing right here, our, our own conversation. But we're in the podcast moment, so this is exclusive time, so we can talk about this because Nina basically said, "Be right back. Got to get water." This spice- <laughs> This spicy chicken is kicking my ass. That's what, that's what she said. To which Solitaire responded and said, you're supposed to drink milk. Water doesn't help with spicy. And then he gave her the Kanye shrug. And then he gave her fire. Oh and she yeah. says, I hate milk. I do hate milk. But, okay, yeah, well, that's I, not, this is not about hating milk. This is about adrenaline. This is so, Nina, what do you eat? And what's so happening to you? I ordered Uber Eats because I'm at my boyfriend's house, right? So I ordered Uber Eats before we started the show from this place called Ghost Chicken, all right? I ordered the least spicy chicken sandwich on their menu, and I can't handle spice, but even he took a bite and thought it was, like, really spicy. He literally just drove to the store to get us both juice because we're dying. (laughs) 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 And that's why I had to, because he was bringing me everything, and he's like, we don't have juice. I'm like, take the car. Go, go. You you are Indian. And he is black, and y'all two together spice. couldn't handle a little spicy. You're embarrassing your people. You're embarrassing your people right like, now. I was. I don't know if you guys could see my face was red, and I was sweating. Like yes, there was. A, you look red right now. Yeah, like it's so. It's bad, <laughs> man. It's oh my god. It's so spicy. It's good, but it's like my lips are still tingling a little bit. <laughs> like, it was crazy. I'm a pepper what is sauce it? person, so I can't identify with that. I like it spicy. Oh my god, it was nuts. It was not. I'm so glad. I'm now. I'm like, all right. Now it's gonna be music and no better take. I can't eat anymore. I put it in the kitchen. I'm like, I'll finish it later. Oh my god. <laughs> like, wait, wait a second. Wait. You were you were like you were literally suffering through it this whole time. Like you yes. took a bite, realized how hot it was, drank water, and kept eating. I was hungry. Okay, well then I don't feel any sympathy. Yeah, no more sympathy. Thank you. It can't be that hot. It can't be that hot. 
It's like, uh, oh, I punched myself in the face. Oh, I punched myself in the I mean, face I again. Wait, can we say on a side note real quick, though? Andrea, boyfriend, what's happening? Congratulations. Yeah, I was, she slipped that okay, in like we weren't going to notice that. I didn't congratulate that. me for having a man. Y'all ain't that special. <laughs> I didn't win an award. It's just a man. <laughs> Congratulations. Y'all, please. I didn't win an award. It's a boy. Uh, yeah, no, we've been together for like uh, two and a half years. Whoa. Two and a half so years. I swear we knew you that. Uh, listen, here's okay, this is what you don't understand, Aquarians. Scorpios don't talk about their personal business. That's not what we do. Um, we keep it to our damn selves. If you run into me, I ain't hiding it, but I'm not the get on Facebook, change my status to in a relationship. <laughs> um, I keep things real grown. So it's not that I'm hiding it. I've dated people before that people don't even know about. And it's like, I wasn't hiding it. I just, I don't know. I just don't, you don't want evil eye. It's not even evil eye. I just, it doesn't dawn on me. It's not my personality to like do something or be your friend. And like, we go to dinner and I got to take a billion pictures. So Yo, that know right. that we went so, to dinner. I'm not that person. Okay, Andrea, do you have the option of going back to what you were using before? Because you sound really low right now. Oh, do I? Okay, wait, wait, let me see if I can do something. Or if you can it's turn because it up or it's, it's because the speaker is the, the microphone. You when you turn away, it's on it's on the computer. I don't okay, know what wait, it is, is it, but is it better? Yeah, maybe I don't know, but um, better? so what, your phone died or something, or what happened? Yeah, my my phone was dying, and you know these new Apple phones are garbage because they don't have you, you one. You can't charge so it while you can't charge no, it while we're talking. Not, not the, the new, new ones. ones. Not the new ones. Okay, it's that's either you charging or you talking. See, that's why like, because go. you know why that happened because Steve Jobs died. That's why because this cook guy doesn't know what he's doing. So anyway, they want all our money. Yeah, so solitaire, yeah. we are good to go for radio time whenever you're ready. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the program. You are tuned into the deepest, <laughs> uh, perhaps heaviest conversation on the radio, at least right now, this morning. Uh, yours truly, Solitaire. Uh, welcome to Hashtag. I'm here with DJ Reddy Fox, Miss Misha. Wow. Hey. You don't have to edit it. Force a habit. It's not no, a big deal. Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. You are tuned into. Uh, a very deep conversation today on the radio. Welcome back to the program. It's hashtag on Vibe 105. Yours truly, Solitaire. I am here with DJ Reddy Fox and, of course, No Better Nina and special guest, Miss Andrea Bain, podcaster, journalist, uh, TV newscaster, uh, you know, all around Renaissance woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we're going to get into uh, something. Well, <laughs> Depending on what you, how you look at it, we're getting into music news, which is typically a little more lighthearted, but maybe not so much today. But that's uh, Nina's fault. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm going to throw it over to you, Nina. What's going on in music news today? Okay, so we had to do these topics today specifically because we didn't. They were so big that we didn't get to talk about them the last two weeks, and so much is still continuing to happen with them. So. The first thing we're going to talk about is Kanye West's rally oh, and boy. Here we go. the aftermath of this rally. So late last month, Kanye, uh, as part of his presidential campaign, held a rally in South Carolina. And during this rally, there was viral videos uh, going around of him making an emotional statement about him and Kim wanting to abort their firstborn, firstborn child, North, when Kim found out she was pregnant. And he also stated that he believes Harriet Tubman never freed slaves. 
These clips ran viral, <laughs> causing many people to poke fun at the situation, to which Kanye responded. He went on Twitter and went on a rant saying that everyone knows he's the movie Get Out is about him. He then claimed that Chris and Kim were trying to fly to Wyoming with a doctor to get him help and lock him up, while also calling them both white supremacists. This is his wife and mother-in-law. Um, he continued on referencing Kim's sex tapes and her mother's management of her saying, quote, I put my life on the line so that North's mother would never sell her sex tape or photograph her doing Playboy. He also brought up Drake, Larsa Pippen, and Meek Mill unraveling a slew of cheating scandal rumors. Um, and lastly, he claimed the reason him and Kim have been living apart for the last year is because of the network E, which Keeping Up With The Kardashians airs on, and saying he's been locked up by them the same way Bill Cosby was locked up by NBC. So obviously all this happened. Kim took to Instagram to release a statement on these happenings, asking for compassion and privacy at the time, while also stating how difficult it is for a family to get someone help when they're over the age of 18 and refuse it. Kanye then took to Twitter to respond to Kim's statement, saying he was upset it without consulting him and ended off his tweets reminding everyone of his album Donda dropping, which actually never ended up dropping. Um, latest thing to happen is after the pictures after pictures of Kim visiting Kanye in Wyoming and crying in a Wendy's drive-thru went viral, the two are reportedly now on a vacation in an attempt to work things out. Um, he was submitting his name for the ballots in New Jersey. He also withdrew it like a couple hours later from that. So I'm posing this to Reddy specifically. <laughs> Why me? I, I ask again. Now that we are literally seeing, like, I'm sure all of you guys saw the video of him breaking down at the rally about talking about the abortion. We are literally seeing what Kanye is going through. Is he still canceled for you? Or is there a different, like, okay, like, I can really see this. Like, this is actually a problem now. Like, Yeah, what do you yeah it's a compassionate canceling. <laughs> <laughs> so what's a compassionate canceling explain it's like I, I feel for him and i know he's going through stuff but hell yeah he's canceled he's fully canceled he's not he's not uncanceled because i know he has mental health issues like yes i want him to get help and i wish he was surrounded by people that could at least get him to help but i realize how hard it is to control somebody that has the resources that he has right like mm -hmm. and again from my own personal experience of having a family member who is dealing with mental health issues they're already hard to control and we don't have the millions at our disposal as kanye does so you know i don't even know what kim kardashian and the rest of the k clan are doing behind the scenes to try to rein him in which is hard to do when you're a multi-millionaire but Yes, he's still canceled. What he says holds no weight for me whatsoever. I'm not looking to Kanye for any sort of wisdom about anything other than making beats. Mm -hmm. uh, or if you want to, if you want to teach me about how to make beats, Kanye, I'm here for it. But don't talk to me about history, slavery, none of that. I don't want to hear about it. Or how to start a fashion house. But mm -hmm. yeah, no. But he is still canceled. My my version of canceling is simply to not pay attention to you. That's really mm -hmm. all it is. You're not on my radar. If I see you, I'm going to scroll past you and keep it pushing. That's it. I'm not holding any emotional negative stuff towards you. You don't you don't matter to me per mm -hmm. se. Like he still matters in the grand scheme of society because he holds such a big platform and when he says something, I know there are people that pay attention to what he listens to, but for me personally, I keep it pushing. I've already been doing that with Kardashians and I just included Kanye once he got in there anyway. So, mm -hmm. yeah, no, he's still canceled. 
Andrea, how do you mm. feel about this? Listen, when I think about Kanye, the first thing I want to do is kiss my teeth. <laughs> I, um, I'm not a fan. I've never been a fan. I wasn't a fan even when he was before all of this stuff. I was not a Kanye West fan, which was a, you know, a weird place to be because it was a time where everybody was on that train <laughs> and I wasn't on it and I didn't have any apologies. And now all the stuff that has happened, uh, I'm with, I agree with some of the things that you say, Ready, but one thing I found really frustrating and it kind of like it reminds me of the 2016 election with, with Donald Trump, where you have this personality that everybody knows, right? And this person mm -hmm. is popular, but clearly this person is not playing with a full deck. So my big frustration was with even my job in the in media, because I'm part of that, I'm under that umbrella. Why were we giving this man airtime talking about he's running for the president of the United States? I was so frustrated with my producers. I'm like, why we know that he technically cannot at this stage of the game be a serious contender. Why are we, we know he has mental health issues. Why are we giving a mic to this man? Why are people still showing up? Like there's a guy who lives around the corner from my house in a shopping cart and he is not well. And he says a lot of stuff. He says he's the prime minister of Canada, but we don't put a camera in front of his face and give him airtime. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Kanye he hasn't sold is sold millions of, of albums. Right? And I feel like Kanye, but we have to be careful. There, Jules Santana just got out of jail. I don't feel like anybody cares. So mm -hmm. it's like it's very interesting who we give our attention to. And for me, I feel like we gotta watch him and turn down the volume and stop running every time he steps in front of a microphone or steps on, on on a stage especially when he's in one of these modes because he feeds off of that and then it becomes this place where he just the rhetoric and the tweets and we just i, I hate that we report on it this man is not mentally well we know this mm -hmm. so why are we even listening to anything he has to say when we know he's not taking his medication and let me just say i'm not being insensitive to people who have mental health issues i know it's hard and some of these medications that people have to be on for their entire life the side effects are hard so i under and it doesn't make you feel like yourself but at the same time why are we giving this man airtime mm -hmm. why i agree why are we giving so him airtime why are we giving him airtime because it's a discussion i feel is worthy of happening Stop. to bring awareness and i think solitaire might shed a light on this i solitaire, think the rapper solitaire you're a rapper <laughs> yeah you're a rapper you solitaire aren't you a rapper we don't give you some how come we don't give you some airtime yeah let's give solitaire <laughs> some airtime <We're laughs> right <laughs> um listen uh again i i take issue with the ridiculous comments that he he's made i look at it in context of a man who's dealing with uh and you know when I talk to people in the, the mental health and like uh, uh, mindfulness and meditation and, you know, dealing with uh, these the people from these communities, they are also very kind of skeptical of just painting him with this brush of, of mental illness. There's a, there's a, there's complexities in this whole situation. Um, I, but I still, I, to me, I haven't canceled him. To me, there's nothing that Ugh. he's done to, to, what do you uh, need for what what it has he he's done a lot actually he's done quite a bit so again from my perspective in terms of he has said and done like some controversial things he hasn't killed anybody he hasn't uh well to my knowledge or he hasn't been reported yet he hasn't assault sexually assaulted any women he has made asinine ridiculous comments about history about slavery he said and done some dumb things 
uh, in my like, I disagree with him. I renounce a lot of what he says, but I don't think it's necessary to to cancel Kanye West. I just deal with him the way that I the, the way that people consume him. Can, He's an artist. Can He's, I and, can I ask you, Solitaire? What does canceling mean to you? Mm. Canceling mean canceling. Thank you, R. Kelly. Yeah. Somebody who has actively <laughs> done harm and has kind of like in, insidiously taken advantage of somebody like a, either the weaker sex or somebody in a vulnerable position. I'm talking about predators. I'm talking about pedophiles. I'm talking about people who have actually done physical mental emotional harm to people oh. Oh. how you digest I, the I, things about can i ask you then so if a guy if suppose kanye came out and said you know what i don't like being black i don't like black people he's not breaking any laws he's not doing any pedophilic stuff like i'm just trying to figure out what exactly it takes for you to cancel somebody because like obviously you're saying like r kelly is an extreme example of a behavior that is obvious to why you would cancel him per se. But I mean, like someone having a difference of opinion or even having a negative opinion, like a Daniel Caesar that'll say like, you know, white people are winning. Black people need to adopt what white people are doing. Like that wasn't enough for you to cancel. My question, I'm going to answer your question with a question. Why do you, why do you want me to cancel Kanye? I don't want you to cancel him. But the reason why I asked you that is why when I, when I, when I expressed (laughs) to you the fact that I haven't canceled him, you're asking me hypothetical questions. Well, what if he does this? What if he does that? I'm, I'm just trying to gauge what does it take for you to cancel someone? Well, I will basically say to you that I, I don't necessarily believe in this idea of canceling people, especially not anymore. I think that uh, when it comes to listening to people's opinion, everybody has an opinion. What I do and determine who I listen to and who I give uh, my attention to is what kind of, you know, what kind of uh is this person well-read? Is this person knowledgeable about the subject that they're talking about? Like, I don't take Kanye serious unless he's talking about music and fashion. Everything else, he's a bumbling idiot. Sure, I'll, I'll give him that. But that does not give me reason to cancel his music like R. Kelly. Like, I, I, to me, it's visceral reaction because I feel like he is doing all this abhorrent behavior behind the scenes and he's writing about it in his music. Like there's a direct correlation to the things he's saying and the things that he's accused of doing. Kanye, you could say he says dumb stuff. Sure. If you listen to Kanye and you follow the things that he says, then that's on you. That, that does not, that does not require me to actively canceling is a, is a, is an activity. It is something that you do. You deliberately, avoid or don't pay attention to anything that this person does and he hasn't warranted that that's, to me. that's not an actionable thing to simply not give someone your attention though you said when you the it's a verb when you cancel somebody it's a it is a you're taking a stance on something meaning that you are not going to give you're going to take the air out of the room when it when like when when nina first brought up kanye he said oh here we go like i i think that it is an important conversation to have because I think if you are going to say that he has mental health issues, but then you're not going to have empathy for how he's dealing with it, then which is it? Either you have no, empathy no, for people. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. Okay, yeah, Andrea, yeah, you go ahead. You you do your no, no, Andrea. You do your no, no. Let's clarify this. 
we well, here's the deal. This is the way I'll put it. You're right. Uh, canceling means that you can't ever book yourself in a venue for a concert. That's canceling to me. The canceling is, you know, these radio stations will not play your music. I'm not trying to cancel Kanye. What I would like to do is hit the mute button and not give him so much attention when he gets on these in these rants and he gets on some platform and starts all of this talking about all this rhetoric. It is damaging. No, it is not. Well, I'm not going to compare him to an R. Kelly because it's not a direct sexual act, but it's still damaging. And people need to know this attempt to take, you know, to run for presidency is he is being used by the GOP. And what they are doing is this is a Trump backed financially backed situation because they want to take away the votes from biden and they are using kanye and this is the type of stuff where i'm like i'm not trying to cancel this kid i don't want him to be on the street i don't want him to not ever be able to have a concert in the future what i would like us to do is be a way more intelligent about what's going on see through all the smoke and mirrors and go oh no we got on you let's pay more attention to the versus battle let's pay more attention to this artist and what they're doing like that is what i would like us to do i'm not talking about canceling a person's career so they can't make music what i would like to do is kind of like a child throwing a tantrum yes i'm not paying attention to Thank that you. i'm not catering i'm not picking you up i don't even see you but as soon as you see me leave the room you're gonna stop crying though you're going to smarten up and dry your face and know that you can't pull that nonsense. And that's what I would like us to do when Kanye gets on yeah, one of his yeah, rants. Exactly. Yeah, that's for, that's what it is for me for canceling. It's like I'm not going to give you my attention whatsoever. Yeah. Like you haven't said or done anything to warrant my having your attention. You've made good music. I love your music. Yes. But you've said what so about wait, sorry. And what you about when you recently is. donated to to the families of Ahmad Arbery, yeah. Breonna Taylor Whatever. and them. Did that or was that still canceled? No, no sorry. You know, again, that's, you know, that's a, a whole other person, thing. Yeah. Yeah, he's that, that again, the, the amount special. that he wrote. Yeah, sorry. Thank you for that saying it again, Andrea. And that's another thing, too. Like, we kind of got into this before the past week, Solitaire and I, about we don't know how much money he has or this or that or whatever. And I was like, two million is nothing to Kanye. It's simply nothing. But and, it's more than what anyone else, like any one of us could have given. That's what, what mean, I. But, that, but that's literally me giving 10 bucks. That's yeah, me. but it's, I think it's still, like, for me, it's like, you're still giving to the cause. You know what I okay. mean? Like, okay, still... wait, wait. Me, thank you. Me, no, okay, thank so you, Andrea. Here, here, I, already, I don't even know Nina. what you're going to say, but Nina. I know I love it Nina. already. Go ahead. I, I'll put it to you this way. Okay, so Jeffrey Epstein. Now he's dead, right? But suppose Jeffrey Epstein, he was accused of raping all of these yeah. underage girls. Suppose, we all know that that's what he did. But suppose he said, yeah, but I just wrote a check for $10 million for a, you know, a young girl's fund to help young girls go to college. Mm-hmm. Is that, are we all supposed to forget about what he did because he wrote a check? He's a very rich person. Writing a check don't cost him nothing. It is a tax write-off. I'm not impressed by rich people writing checks. Thank it you. does not make me forget what they have done. Kanye writing that check is optics. That's what that oh, is. It's optics. I love That's you, Andrea. all it's about. And we don't know where that money came from. We don't know if that actually came from his checking or his savings account. So let's not get too excited when a rich person writes a check. Thank you. I'm sorry. It doesn't matter. Oh, my God. And it doesn't change the facts. R. Kelly writes the check. Are we supposed to go, oh, but R. Kelly wrote a check for, you know, the Girl Guide of America, so we got to forgive him. No, we're not stepping in the name of love. We can't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, my God. Okay. That's, that's pretty much up. it. And okay. Nina. Anyways, I want to move on to the next topic because this is something that dying to discuss which i've already discussed multiple (laughs) times you don't say so tory lanes has officially been canceled 
<laughs> oh, he ha- oh, has he been canceled? Is it official? Yeah, yeah, you're gonna hear why when I get to the end of this whole thing. How he's already being canceled. So, after briefly speaking on the accusations of Tory shooting Megan the Stallion on our last episode, <laughs> finally have more details of what went down. It sounds kinda. crazy. Yeah. So, after attending a party with Megan, her best friend, and Kylie Jenner, Tory was arrested and accused of shooting Megan in her foot. Host of the No Jumper podcast, Adam22, confirmed the following week that he had heard from an extremely credible source that what led to the shooting was Megan being jealous of Tori giving Kylie attention. Megan then beat up Tori, which caused Tori to allegedly shoot her in the foot. In the initial police report, Megan had told police she cut her foot on glass, but surgery was later performed on her foot to remove the bullet. After making a few posts online alluding to the fact that she was intentionally harmed by Tori, along with her best friend, producer, and bodyguard, who also posted online, um, she expressed her frustration and expressed her frustration with the many memes and jokes spreading online about her situation. Megan took to Instagram Live about two weeks after the incident to somewhat explain what happened. So, mind you, this is an open case, so she can't say much. But she cleared up Adam 22's story, saying that even though the internet had resurfaced old mugshots and videos explaining how she beat up one of her exes, that wasn't the case. She said she didn't put her hands on anyone, nor did she deserve to get shot. She also confirmed that she was shot in both feet and said none of the bullets hit bones or tendons, but she did need surgery to have the bullets removed. Megan then went on to discuss how she's still trying to process the loss of her mother, who was her best friend, and that she simply tried to fill her space with people she thought would make her happy, but didn't take time necessary for herself. As for his music career, Kalani has confirmed via Twitter that on the deluxe version of her album, Tori's verse from their song, Can I, has been removed, as it was too late to remove it from the original song, and he was not included in the music video. No other moves have been made as of yet by the industry or members in it, and this past week reports did circulate that Tori was deported to Canada, but his rep claimed that those reports were false, but a video did surface online on Tuesday, of what appears to be him jumping and playing with his dog in a McDonald's in Florida. So, how do you guys feel about the information we currently have? <laughs> do you feel something is missing? Is this the full story? What 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 is really going on? Andrea? Oh, God, you started with me. I was hoping you were going to stop out there. Okay, so I'll say this much. Um, okay, so... This story, I couldn't believe it. I, I called people and I was like, is this for real? Because it doesn't. It sounds so crazy. Because yep. I, I saw their Insta live before the incident. And mm-hmm. they were all, it's, I don't know whose house they were at, but they, everything seemed cool. So the big question is, what happened and what led to this? Now, I understand this is a legal case. So of course, Megan can't speak. Tori, obviously, his legal counsel has told him to button up and press the mute button on all his social media stuff because it's a very serious case. Um, let me just say I'm thankful, thankful to God Megan is fine. But the first thing that came to mind is um, there's a there's a line in one of um, Beyonce's songs that says the black woman is the most disrespected person in America. And the fact that someone was shot and the first thing our community, black people did, was to make memes and jokes about it. And for people to even after she came out and said, listen, this is not a joke. This is what happened to me. Comedians were still, black comedians were still coming out and making jokes about what happened. Hurts my heart for her. I don't know what happened, but I know that she sure got shot. And this is a very serious case. And I don't know what's going on in Tori's life to make him do what he allegedly did. But this whole situation is so sad. And I think Megan's going to find herself in a really tough position because she legally has to say something because she was shot. Like, let's be real. She didn't mm. die, but she still was shot. 
But also, I feel like if she really goes hard and this man ends up losing his life and doing jail time, I also feel like black men will turn on Megan the Stallion. I said it. I think yeah. that they will turn on her and they will vilify her for ending his career or, you know, whatever the mandem is going to call it. And I think the whole thing is really unfortunate. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I hope Meg continues to rise and that this doesn't blow back on her. But this whole situation is just, it's just unbelievable. Nuts. Like, it's nuts. It's crazy. Um, solitaire? Man, I'm, I'm sad. Mm. <laughs> I'm sad because he was, he was, he's in such, Tori is in such a, he is in the prime position in his life. I can't imagine what the circumstances were. Uh, and again, this is still alleged. We don't know all the details. And I tr- I'm doing my best to kind of like, to really abstain from like hearing too much about the story. Cause I, I've too heard now I told you everything. <laughs> well, I mean, no, I mean, just in terms of like reading it online. Cause I mean, you know, you know me normally yeah. I'm like, I'll, I'll read the article and I'll read the comments and see how disgusting people get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I kind of stayed away from it cause you know, I, without knowing any of the details, I'm like, yo, I, I, I was, I'm, I am rooting for Tory man, because he, I literally, like, literally saw this kid, not personally in terms of, like, being directly connected to him, but I watched his career. Like, I know where he, literally where he started from to where he is now. From the bottom. (laughs) Yes. From the bottom. And um, to, to, to have the world at your fingertips and to kind of put it in jeopardy in such a, a, like a, I don't want to say idiotic way, but I, cause again, we don't know what the circumstances is either way, either way. It was a tremendous mistake if he did shoot her. And I'm sad for Megan for being in that situation. I'm sad for hip hop for why we, for some reason, cannot escape our own trauma as to why we find, take, make this entertainment that black men can actually try to find some humor in this and not in a, not in a real comedian, comedian way where you, where you raise her up and 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 just identify the gravity of the situation and try to make light of it, like we're gonna make it through it. We're glad she's okay, but people laughing and making memes—it's disgusting. It's just a, you know, it's just indicative of where we are in the discourse of of society right now and hip hop community in particular. So I'm sad. That's the long and the short of it, man. I don't even really know what else to say about that. Okay, ready? Honestly, I don't care about this. I knew so you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I Honestly, I really it. do not care what happens with this. I don't like if he broke the law, then he's going to have to face time or whatever this and that. Like, I just keep thinking of Harlem Nights. I just keep thinking of Eddie Murphy shooting Della Reese in the foot. Like, that's that's all that's all I keep thinking about. Like, I can't help myself, but I honestly don't care about this. I honestly don't. Like, I, I, I feel bad for Tori the same way Solitaire is saying because, you know, like, we, I don't want to see any black man, artist, whatever, that's, you know, made something from nothing, you know. What, why do you feel bad for Tori? Just, well, I don't know. I do. I, I, just, have, I have a hard time. I think it's a whole grown attachment thing. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, have, I have a hard time. I have a hard time with that feeling bad for him because he did this. He's an adult and he did this. To himself. He did this. My yeah, thing is, my thing is, like, my thing is, like, from the beginning, I feel really bad for Megan that this happened. And mm-hmm. it is a crazy position to be in, like Andrea was saying. Like, if she says something, like, if Megan tells what happened, then, like, who knows who's going to turn on her. But then if she doesn't say nothing, is she going to continue to be 
not taken seriously about it. Or, the yeah, only- is she, yeah. Yeah, if she yeah. had to sit down and watch him collect awards and go on stage and go on Yeah, after doing that, yeah. That? And I, yeah, and, like, I agree with that. The thing, the part that confuses me where I'm just, like, which one was this falling under was when the initial thing happened and she had told the police right away it was glass. And for, for hours, that police report was glass in her foot. So I'm, like, were you covering for him? Or was, like, like what, this is what's bothering me. I just want to know. This is black history in the making yeah. right here. Because yeah. this is exactly what black women have done for history. They've always looked out for black men, regardless of and what they just, do to them. Like, yeah, it, get me like, started on like, I'm just like, what but really, really We're literally seeing black history playing out in terms of a black woman <clears throat> being, whatever, victimized in any way, shape, or form. And still not wanting to out the black man for what the consequences Meanwhile, will be for him. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, y'all will throw us under a bus in a heart. I wouldn't. Bro. I wouldn't, Andrea. It's <laughs> yeah, but I'm talking about generalities here. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's it's really hard, and I don't think people realize the difficult position she's going to be in. Yeah. Either way, this turns out. Yeah. This is not great for her. People are going to. It's remember the Rihanna and Chris situation. That was like a blatant like this guy beat up his girlfriend, and mm-hmm. and for the most part, I think we all assume that people would just like. Be like, oh, this guy is canceled. But then the funny thing is, it was the opposite, where people are like, well, what did she do to make him so angry? And a lot of women took to Chris's side and they and they defended him. And they were like, no, I still love him. They still showed up at the concerts, even with the protesters. And that part is people. What people don't understand is like, Megan is an orphan. Both her parents are dead. She is in her twenties, and she is out here in a very challenging industry. With no parentals around her, everybody that is like who has her back is gone, and she is in this situation. And I, I, I really feel for her. I think, I think this is disgusting. And you know what? I also feel like sometimes things happen to very famous people, and we we know them for their music, and we attach, you know, positive things to them. We think they're a great person because they make great music. But you can make great music and be a real a hole. <laughs> and I just Tori is it, it, like. We're just seeing, maybe for us, we're just seeing this side of him where it's like, we only know music side of Tori, but maybe, maybe, just maybe, allegedly. Maybe he'd be shooting women. Maybe he'd be shooting women. Maybe not a good guy because if you're a good guy, why why are you shooting this one in her foot? Twice. Man. Once it could be like, oh, I dropped the gun. Twice is, no, no, bro, you were aiming for this girl. I just... All I want is, I just want to fast forward to when we hear the details of everything. I just want clarity. <laughs> I feel like this is giving me stress and anxiety as a Tory Lanez fan who's been riding with him since I was 15. Like, it's just, it's crazy. You're invested in this. Yeah, man. Anyways, that's my music news. She's so sad. She's so, so Oh, <laughs> Nina. <laughs> Poor Nina. It's a sad, it's a sad situation um, all around. Like I said, I, I, I am sad about it. I feel no other way. I feel sad for Megan. And I want to thank you, Andrea, for pointing out that and making that important point because Megan is definitely in a catch-22 situation. She's damned if she does yeah, and she's damned true. if she doesn't. I never, so. I never thought of it that way before, to be honest. Me neither. Me neither until Andrea said it. Yeah. So um, anyway, we're going to keep an eye on that. Well, Nina's going to keep an eye on that story yeah, as it progresses. She definitely will. And uh, keep you posted. Uh, but us here on Vibe 105, ladies and gentlemen, we have to take a break to pay some bills. For those of you guys who are listening on the radio, stay tuned. For the podcast listeners, stay with us. Oh, yeah, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Andrew, you know when i say like understand when oh I yeah say, cocksuckers 
<laughs> when I say uh, when I say I feel sorry for him, it's not in a not in a way where like ah oh, man, poor him. Like, because I was talking to I was talking to some friends, uh, like a couple of my brethrens, about it too, and we're like. Either way, whatever the reasoning or the rationale was, it was a dumb fucking decision to make. And he needs to suffer the consequences if it's proven that it was him and all those details are true. I don't feel sorry for him having to serve the the consequences of that at all. But it's it's tragic to me. And I, for me, it was like, you know, there's this, uh, I don't know if you know this hip-hop artist. His name is Fatal Hussein. And he was, uh, he was basically name? Fatal Hussein. Fatal Hussein, okay. And uh, he used to be down with the outlaws with Pac. And I remember he was telling a story about the whole, you know, the, uh, the Vegas situation where Pac got into the fight with that uh, that gang member. Mm-hmm. And Fatal was like, yo, if I was like whoever was around him, gassing him up in that situation, like he was around the wrong people. Because if I was there, I'd have been like, yo, yo, get in the car, get the fuck out of here. Let us handle this. You have, you should not, you're an entertainer. You should have no part in dealing with it. You shouldn't have a gun on you. Like we understand it's the music and you're trying to live up, live this life, but nah, nah, there should have been somebody there saying, yo, Tori back, like, give me that. Go well, back in the fucking car. That's the problem. He was only with her her and her best friend in the car. That was it. Even and they were leaving so- that party. I don't think he brought anybody with him to that party. So there you go. So even so he doesn't need anybody. Other, is, you know what I mean? He's a grown so- man. He doesn't need anyone to know what's Thank right you. in terms of how he conducts himself. Like, he doesn't need Thank someone you. to check his, his behavior. I don't need you, Solitaire, to be with me to not shoot women in the foot. I really <laughs> don't. I what simply I'm- don't. Thank you. If Reddy and I go out somewhere and there's a shooting, if you should, your first reaction should have been like, "Yo, I should have been there with Reddy because I, I would have prevented him from sh- shooting Andrea in the foot." No, you're a grown ass man, and you made your decision. You made your stupid Thank decision. You, and I have been around enough famous. You're my spirit people to human. Know, you're my spirit right? human. I, I've been around enough famous people to know perception is not reality. What you see on a music video, on TV, it's not on film. It's not reality. A person can be very talented at their job. And very evil. Horrible, horrible human being. And people don't know about it for a long time until there's some Me Too movement or there's some Black Lives Matter movement. You're like, oh, I didn't know this person was so horrible. I didn't know they did this. You ain't never lie. That's that's how I feel about Tori. Because I'm like, if you're a good person, like there's how many rappers are out there? Look how many guys are out there? How many of these situations have we heard of? Mm. Like, come on. If you're yeah. a decent person, why are you even doing this? If you and Bacon got into something, why aren't your words enough? You're a grown man. You write for a living. You use your words. You why tough, you right? You tough, right? right? You're from the mean streets of Toronto. Like, why? Brampton, 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 Brampton. 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 Oh, he's from Brampton. <laughs> that right? But it's like, I, I really just, I, I, as a woman, I can't side with him. I don't feel sorry for him. You did this to yourself. And I think this is just revealing your true character that people didn't know about. And I pray that Megan makes herself out of this and that her career blows up and that she goes to that next level. She her has a song out with up. Cardi B. She has a song out with Cardi B. She just got a a, a, a line. I think she's doing, she's the spokesperson Revlon, for Revlon. the makeup. Revlon. Yeah. I want to see her blow up and I want this to be in her rear view mirror. I don't care what happens to Tori because he did this to himself. That's um, fair. Right? If Tori were my son or my cousin or my family member, I would just look at him I wouldn't say a word, and I'd be like, you blew it. You blew it. You had the world at your feet, and this is what you do, which means you did not deserve what you had. Well, Tori also lost his mom, too, when he was, I think, 15. So he's also, and his dad is not, his dad's, 
out the picture. Oh. Listen to so me. Wait, so if you lose your parents, you get to shoot at people? No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying, like, with regards to the parental thing, they're both the same age without parents. Well, maybe that's why they were hanging out with each other because they thought they had Yeah, they thought they could relate like they that. Um, good, they would have made a good celebrity couple for sure. No, well, people way. are speculating that's what they were. There's speculations that's what they were. I thought they were Sorry. a couple. Sorry, Tori is three apples high. Are y'all serious? He's five. Megan is is a solid five nine without heels. She's Are y'all serious? She's a, a lot couple. of women. She's a lot of women. <laughs> she could put him in a knapsack and carry him around. He, they're not a couple, and they would have made a good couple. You don't um, think they would have made a good couple? His, I think for publicity for him, they would have made an awkward sure, looking couple. But that's what did. the speculations were that they've been a couple this whole time. That's what the speculations are. All right, yeah. listen, we got to get back into the radio now. Anyway. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you start. Okay, whenever you want to start. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. Welcome back. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, it's the last stretch. Welcome back to the program. You're tuned in, dialed in, locked in to the greatest conversation on the planet, as you can clearly (laughs) tell. Welcome to Hashtag Live on Vibe 105. I am your host, Solitaire, joined by DJ Reddy Fox, No Better Nina, and special guest, Andrea Bain, who has joined us for the entire program here. And uh, we are are at the final stretch right now. And before we get into No Better Take, which, uh, of course, we are so looking forward to, I'd like to introduce, ladies and gentlemen, a new segment called Hashtag Black lights listen to this andrea Mm -hmm. so every week we want to encourage our listeners everybody out there make sure you again you're following us on uh, hashtag vibe 105 on twitter and instagram we're going to be putting out a call for all of the people out there in our community if you have recently come across a black owned business whether it's a nail salon a restaurant an architecture business a plumber uh any Black-owned business that you feel uh, deserves to be recognized for their great product and their great service, send us your uh, nominations at hashtag Vibe105. Tweet at us, uh, you know, Instagram us, send us DMs, and we want to hear your suggestions for this spotlight. And today, we are going to shine a Black light on A-plus smoothies, ladies and gentlemen. That's A-plus smoothies s-m-o-o-d-e-e-s dot com and keep in mind when you actually send these nominations we don't want uh you know the people to kind of know about it we'll we'll we want to surprise them so you know maybe just try to get them to tune in uh so it's a bit of a surprise for them but uh yeah we want to spotlight uh, his name is anthony Pereira. he's actually a, a physiologist who has a passion for helping people uh get to a state of 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 wellness and health and he also owns A Plus Smoothies. Uh, he has a cafe in the LA Fitness on Branch Street in Burlington. He also runs a cafe at the Oakville National Fitness on Iroquois uh, Shore Road and other locations across the GTA. And they deliver delicious smoothies. I am not only uh, just saying that, I am actually a very satisfied customer. They have a range of smoothies, detox products, uh, protein shakes. It is vegan gluten-free, organic, 100% natural with no preservatives and no sugars. So uh, for those of you who are looking to uh, elevate your, your health quotient in your life, make sure you give A-plus a smoothies a visit. at A-plus smoothies, S-M-O-O-D-E-E-S.com. Shouts out to Anthony Pereira. And now, ladies and gentlemen, 
It is time for Nope. No Better Take with No Better Nina. Alrighty. So this week, as promised on our last, last, last episode, that I would talk about marriage. So none of us are married. So that's why I want to talk about this. I want to know. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a disrespect thing. I'm not married either. Um, okay. So I want to know if a ring and a ring only equates to marriage. The reason I ask is because online there is a post that said a man proposed to his woman with the receipt of her $70,000 student loan debt being paid in full in place of a ring. She thanks him, but she still requires a ring before getting married. (laughs) What is she? The options were A, unreasonable, B, ungrateful, C, smart, D, dumb. The first two. We will go through each and every response that i came across that thought was interesting so well before we start yes or no does she still require a ring yes or no i mean uh, i'm leaving andrea's last because she's the only other girl right here uh ready um no especially considering he paid off her student loans that should been a big thing for her but i get it some people have this fantasy in their mind of how it should go and a ring is usually part of that (laughs) literally beyonce made a song about it so (laughs) i get it that it's a it's one of those things that people you know expect to or women i guess expect to have as part of the deal that the fantasy right so but i think this in this particular situation this woman is being incredibly ungrateful for starters like to have a man pay off your student loans for you as his gift for his proposal to you is a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. So this this girl seems kind of on the whatless character for mm-hmm. me. She's kind of whatless. Solitaire. Are you do you really have to ask me this question? Yes, I do. yes, we have to ask you. <laughs> do you understand how ridiculous? It, listen to me. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> that answers my question. She, I paid a seventy. <laughs> thousand more than ring normally huh i think that's more than a ring normally no you Mm. you think (laughs) adria adria Adria, listen listen (laughs) listen tv personality listen like listen gallivanting with the hoity-toity rich and powerful famous obviously seventy thousand dollars is not on the higher end of expensive engagement rings but what, what does this guy do what does he do what does he oh, do? Well, we don't know that. We don't know those details. Okay. No. Well, he obviously has enough to pay off for student loans. Okay. So basically, he's saying to you, listen, girl, I got you. I got you. And she said, uh-huh. But what I'm going to need to see is a <laughs> ring on my finger. I'm like, oh, okay. You know what, girl? That was the best seventy thousand. I'm rich, so that was the best seventy thousand dollars ever spent. Because now I know who you are as a person and what you value most. I'm out. <laughs> Andrea, what is your response? I'm so listen, well, Nina. Thank you so much for having me go last. I want to hear what these two jackals were gonna say. <laughs> they did not disappoint, and I'm okay. So here's what I gotta say about this. Does it sound unreasonable to the average person who doesn't have $70,000? Hell yeah. But this is the thing. If you got 70 Gs to pay off loans, you got ring money, bro. So <laughs> her wanting a ring doesn't sound so crazy because obviously you got real bank. Because if you got 70000 to pay off, 
that means that you have more money. So there, and there is something I say this to women all the time. And I, you know, it, it sometimes it sounds funny coming from a person who's not been married, but there is a difference between a wife and a girlfriend. And if you think there's no difference, talk to a wife and ask her if she'd like to give up her ring and go back to being a girlfriend and watch her face. Corruptly <laughs> <laughs> tell you, oh, hell no. There is a difference. So the fact that she's like, I want when I walk down the street for people to know that I am your wife. The lone thing, let's be real, when you get married, married, marriage is a business. Mm-hmm. So if you get married with debt, guess what? The person that's that person's, yeah. That's their debt. And what he was trying to do, I see his gesture as, I'm in this for the long haul with you, and I don't want us to start off. I want us to start off clean slate, no debt. So I'm taking care of this, honey, because I know that you went to school and you worked hard. So as the man, because you men love to do that, as the man, I mean, take care. I take care of the debt. I want to be the man <laughs> in the relationship, and let you know I hold it down. I'm a provider. Is that the way we I'm talk? Is that the way you talk? Yes. 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 I'm gonna hold you down. I'm gonna be a man. I'm a provider. I'm a provider. I'm a provider. I'm gonna take care of you. Got a Y chromosome. Yeah. When we have children. Bring something GMX, bro. Right. So I feel like yo, this is this is you. This even the gesture of you doing that was you just letting her know, yo, I'm your man and I take care. No man you've ever dated would ever have the money to put down seventy thousand to clear and make you a zero balance girl. And all she's saying is, well, while we're at it, sweetheart, that's a very nice gesture, but put a ring on it, please, so I can walk down because my family is like, I come from a traditional family that's like, it's not marriage if you're not in front of a priest, if we don't say the vows, if I'm not in a white dress, if I don't have a ring on my finger. Is she Christian? Is she Christian? I, we, we don't know that either. I this is all we know. This is all so we what know. So is, what is she not Christian? Okay, so listen, listen. The ring thing is a Jewish thing. It's a Muslim. Like, ah! Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Even the atheists. Tell them what you really want to say, Solitaire. Listen to me. See, let me, you know, let me get it to, let me give it, let me get it to my mansplain voice. Mansplain, Solitaire, mansplain. Let me get it to my mansplain voice. Let me get it to, yeah. Let me get it to my mansplain voice, Andrea, and tell you something, okay? All right, let me get into my male chauvinist voice. Yes, Women who require this idea of a ring as a as a as a demonstration, as a token, you're putting too much value in material things. Oh, I am not a material it. Hey, hey, man. Hey, listen to me. I I do not put that emphasis on material things. I don't oh, need I don't need Hey. It's a man and let me clear this up. It's a man and thing. Let me let me tell you a little. I story. know it is. I know. I'm out is. with my I'm out with my girlfriend. I won't say her name because she's very well known. She's six feet tall. She's gorgeous. She's blonde. She's you know when she Monica walks Schnarr. down the street. No, when she walks on the street, <laughs> men are like, oh, they are like they're throwing themselves at her all the time. And when they approach her, because she gets approached all the time, when they approach her, the first thing they most of them will look for that ring, the ring finger. And when they see the ring on her finger, her husband put a three carat diamond ring on her finger, which is expensive. It's expensive. Right. And you know what? It's not women notice the ring, but the men, when they see her and then they see the ring, they go, oh, your man's serious about you. Let me back up off you. Let me respect your relationship because I see your man is holding it down. He sees the value in his girl. So it ain't just us, bro. Hold on a sec. You men do the same Hold on. So wait. So what? The ring has to look expensive for it in order for the men to respect it in the first place? Because that doesn't sound, that doesn't make any sense to me. No, no, no. No, listen. Well, then let me clear it up for you. Please. Having the ring on period 
says something to men and women about the seriousness of your relationship. You can have all the feelings you want. This is the society we, that we live in. And if you're walking around without a ring on your finger and you're like, oh, we're in a committed relationship, people roll their eyes and be like, yo, that man's looking for an out because if he's serious about you, it's a nothing to just put that ring on your finger. And I, listen, it's an individual thing. It doesn't mm. mean that it's right. It doesn't mean it's something you have to do, but let's not pretend we don't live in a society where men and women look at that ring on your finger as a symbol of you being in a, a committed relationship and your man honoring you and seeing you as more than just a girlfriend okay. or a life partner. Hold Let's on a, not pretend. Okay, so hold on a sec there, Andrea, because we have I have a good friend who he's with a woman. They actually have a child together. They're not actually married, but when he introduces people, he's like, this is my wife. Like he does, he's, they are, as far as in his mind, they are already married. To him, that whole license thing or i guess it along with it comes the ring would be that's nothing to him it doesn't matter to him it's it well if it ain't nothing then do it <laughs> but, if it ain't nothing then do it okay so but do you not understand the perspective of being that it's not it doesn't matter per se in terms of how you feel about this woman and what your intentions are towards this woman no you're rolling your eyes at me now really andrea yeah. really no yeah? for real for okay like, all right i'm almost you guys were started you started the first half friends on so good and now it's just like uh, I just lost 10 pounds, like 10, 10 calories with that eye roll. That's like, no. No, please. I don't know what world you all are living in. And I don't know, maybe because you guys are men and people don't, you don't have these conversations as often or the pressure is different. But get it out of your head, man. Get it out of your head there. The pressure is real. Dads, boyfriends, brothers, uncles, aunts, everybody treats women the same way. Listen. If you're with a guy for a certain amount of years and you don't have a ring on your finger, but you want to go around your family member at Christmas time and say, it's like we're married, everybody's rolling their eyes. <laughs> Whether they do it in front of your face or not. It's but like, see, the point. between a man asking and kneeling and presenting and, and talk, like, there's a difference. There's okay, a difference. so let me tell you guys my thoughts. <laughs> so okay. From the millennial perspective, tell yeah. us. Okay, so I'm going to be 25 in November, right? So wow. like. You're still a millennial. You do know that, right? I know, but I'm just saying, like, because, you know, when you're a kid, 25 you're like, is still pretty I'm gonna young. Get, I'm going to get married at 30, okay? So let's say that's hypothetically still happening, all right? Mm. We don't know what's happening yet, but, okay? Sorry, I'm boyfriend there. of Nina. He's, the pressure's on. <laughs> pressure's on, bro. Put pressure on him. Put the pressure no, on him. Me. He, knows, he, he knows the pressure was on when as soon as I was like, so when are we going to date? But anyways, so basically, um, this is my thing. Uh... $70,000 student loan, cool. Like, if you have the money for a ring, cool. But for me, personally, like, my thing is, you can pay my loan. That's great. But I also kind of see it as a... Like, I'm the kind of person who... I would rather be more financially stable with my partner than to have a ring. Like, if you're... Like, let's say, if the situation... Why do we got an either or? Because let's say, because well, let's say the situation we're in is we're not financially doing like we're not we're not poor, but we're not like super rich. We're just middle class. So you're putting that seventy thousand dollar loan in. You're paying off my loan, fine. And the rest of that money that that came where that loan came out from is for like let's say our house that we were going to get together, right? I would rather have the house together versus the ring, and I would wait for the ring. However, I will not get married without the ring or or say we are engaged without the ring. Like, I'm not going to say, like, you paying my student loans is not going to be the engagement thing. Like, that's not it. I can wait for it, but that's not 
that's not the engagement. That was you doing a gesture that you should have maybe talked to me about if that was a thought in your head, but I do want a ring still. So if you're paying my student loans, cool, great, but I want a ring later. I think I also want to clear something up because I think what's, what's not being spoken is I think the men in this conversation are assuming <laughs> that the ring has to be very expensive. It has to uh-huh. be some $35,000 ring. No one's saying that. We're saying the gesture of me, you presenting me with a ring is still different than clearing up debt. Mm. I've cleared my own debt, but that still makes me single, damn it. Like, <laughs> clearing debt and, and proposing and putting a ring on a finger are two separate things. But I'm you- not saying the ring has to be $70,000. I am also a person who doesn't believe in having a $200,000 or a $50,000 wedding. I think it's a waste of money, but I'm not there to tell a person not to do that. I do agree with you guys. Having a life that is debt-free and having a home is very important. What I, I'm not I'm not arguing that, but what I'm saying is I'm not getting doing all of those very marriage-like things with you without my finger being mm. like, I don't care if it's a fork you've got to bend and put around my finger. You're going to put something there. <laughs> or, else, or else you just paid off a student loan of a girlfriend who could break up with you and call block you and then move on with her life. Oh, that's true, too. <laughs> That's very true, too. Yeah, she don't have to stick around. But what do I stick around for? I have no legal... uh, You didn't ask me nothing. I'm not your wife. Thanks for the loan, though, baby. Thanks for the gift. Thanks for clearing up that debt. I'll tell you. I'll tell you, you know, to be be fair, I'm not... (laughs) You're ready, man. Because it's true. Because it's true. She can bounce whenever she wants after he pays that loan. I don't think I could ever do that though. Oh, honey, you I think if we're that deep in, like we really know each other, we oh, have to know each other did, that good. That hey, we solitaire, know did you hear the evil that. laugh from Andrea two seconds ago? Where she, you heard the evil laugh from Andrea, where she was like, "Girl, you have so much to learn." <laughs> you could do it. It's just one of those things where I, I would look at the guy and I'm like, I understand your gesture, but at the same time, like she's asking for to be your wife, which is mm-hmm. very important and a huge step. And it, there's a difference between a wife and a girlfriend. The loan thing is a different thing. It's mm-hmm. it is a, fina- a, a fiscally um, responsible thing to do, but it doesn't mean that I don't want you to propose and put a ring. Yeah, on yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, I, th- that is that is completely valid and fair. That is your expectation in terms of marriage and being in a committed relationship. And if that's what you want, if that's what you want, Nina, if that's what you want, Andrea, and why don't give your dad talking to? If that's what you want, no, no. What I what, what I'm saying, the thing. that's my it point. is it is an and that's why I'm saying to you, like for me. The type of person I'm, I would be looking for in, the, in terms of a relationship like that, it would be deliberately like if you feel if that is if this gesture, if this ring that I put uh, bow down upon bended knee to ask me <laughs> to take my hand, lady, so marriage <laughs> for me, You're so I am not, I am not, uh, I am not invested in traditions. I think that traditions are are flawed when we just keep reliving them because that's the way that it's always been done and i think that if you want to talk about this idea of a ring like what's the divorce rate 50 percent. so what is a ring really 
other than some proof of, of yeah, you know what, we're cool right now until things get real. It doesn't matter. What matters is who is going to be in the trenches with you when your word is your body. What I'm saying to you is I'm not necessarily opposing or even talking down like or, or, or being dismissive of, of women who want that. I respect it. If that's what you want, I believe that you should have what you want out of a relationship and don't settle. I'm just saying for me, that situation would say a lot about that's not the type of person I want to be with. For mm-hmm. me, the ring, I, I will shower. Okay, wait, if, wait, I have that kind of mo- if I have that kind of money, I'll shower you with things that you like. But if you're looking for that symbol to say, I can show my friends I'm taken, I'm in a committed relationship. No. If I'm, I'm Andrew, but this is not a debate. I'm just telling you my perspective on it. And that's with respect to what you guys are saying in terms of what you want. I'm just saying for me, that's that would not be the type of person that I would want to be in a relationship with. That would put, that would that would emphasize the necessary the ring as being necessary for for marriage. I didn't even want to necessarily get married in a traditional sense anyway. When I talk about it, so well here's it. I'm not a huge fan of marriage either. So listen, you're you're, you're not preaching to someone who's dying for a ring. I, I'm not I'm not really on that tip, but I do see the importance and I do see the difference. And I have seen many many of my male friends spew the same stuff that you just said. We don't need that. I don't see the importance. I don't see the big deal. And date up a girl and whisk up her pretty ears and then turn around after she either gets frustrated or something happens and leaves and puts a ring on the finger of the next girl in record time. Like to the point where the ex-girlfriend's like, yo, are you kidding me I've heard heard these stories before around and does all the traditional things that the ex-girlfriend who he was trying to convince that he doesn't care about the social norms and the traditions and then he'll turn around and marry someone put do the all the traditional stuff ask her father's permission put a ring on her finger buy the house then have the babies so forgive me if I've seen a little too much and I hear what you're saying and I think there are some people who are really living that life but then I've seen enough hypocrites turn around and after wasting a girl's 10 years, eight years, turn on and marry a next woman like nothing and just be like, and the reality is what he couldn't say to her is, I saw you as a girlfriend. I didn't see you as a wife. So I gave you all that chat. So let's be real about it. Oh, okay. hey, well, hey, we got to take each circumstance as it comes. I, you know, uh-huh. I, it's at the end of the day, <laughs> our past experiences color the way that we, we, uh, mm-hmm. we view these things. Don't, so, oh, the, the, the moral of the story thing, is, I don't, don't have, have any. Yeah, don't compromise. If you want something, don't compromise and don't waste too many years. If, yeah. if you're not getting the answer you want and this person you guys don't see it eye to eye on traditional things like marriage and having children, do yourself a favor. Cut your losses and move on. And, that, and, and, and if you can get your student loan cleared, shit, girl. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's... Uh, and- <laughs> and that's um, and that's the moral of the story. At the end of the day. That's not, when it comes to when it comes to these um, when it comes to these situations, I really feel that uh, it is it's there's too many generalizations, man. You have to the the one thing that I know to be true out of the most important thing is you have to be a whole person by yourself. You cannot be going into a relationship expecting to be completed by this other person or looking for this other person to make you happy. And if you're happy, if your happiness is already established, then you won't settle for what you, what you, you know what I'm saying? Like you won't settle for anything that doesn't meet the, the, whatever you're looking for. So, but listen, well, Nina, what have some people said? So just quickly before we wrap up the t- segment, no back and forth on this. 
So here were some of the responses. Okay, so so one person said, uh, without more context, this is just plain ungrateful. Um, another person said, for any man to think about his woman and say, damn, I see her struggling to pay her bills. She's working. Let me show her how much I love her and pay off her debt. So once her business won't be over our heads and we can buy our home and property, think when a man truly loves and cares for you and makes your overall physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and financially great, you will be real ring. You'll get a real ring on your wedding day when you exchange vows, priorities. Someone else said, if you could pay that 70K, you can get the ring. And another person said, I would wear that receipt on my finger. That is this week's edition of No Better Take. Thank you all for your lovely opinions. And uh, I, the millennial, am going to take all of that advice into account when I get married in five years. Oh, okay. So there you go, boyfriend of Nina, who, if you're listening to the radio show, you're on the timetable, bro. You're on the timetable. We we have uh, just a few moments left. Andrea, let the people know what have you got coming up other than uh, telling horrific news on on the (laughs) What other things have you got coming up? Are you you saying you're taking a break from the podcast? Are you going to return to that or what else is going on? You know what? It's so funny. Uh, For the first time in my life, I'm like, I'm not sure. I'm going to take my time and figure out what I want my next move to be. I'm writing a second book. What I'd like, I'm writing it in the hopes that it will become a series. It's for the YA, young adult. Um, all about relationships and sex and all that good stuff. Um, and when that comes out, I'll be ready for it. But right now, I'm really just, we're in the middle of a pandemic. It's a different time and my mental health is key. So I'm trying not to overload myself. I took piano lessons. I'm really like working on me. So oh, nice. I wish everybody, yeah, I wish everybody out there um, who's, you know, just take care of yourself. These are rough times. Amen. Right? Look out for each other. Absolutely. And uh, that's a great uh, way to end off the show. It's been a, it's been a very detailed, heavy show <laughs> in a lot of different ways. And Andrea, on behalf of Reddy and Nina, I want to thank you for taking the last yes. couple hours out of uh, your day to have a conversation with us about all these uh, important, co- uh, important topics. So thank you. Uh, socials, you want people to follow you? What's your, what's your handles? Ooh, okay. First of all, I love you guys. Thank you for having me back. It's always a good time. You know, I'm going to love to chat. Um, <laughs> my socials, you can follow me on Instagram. At, um, oh my God. It's Miss Bain to you. I T S M I S S B A, you know, B A N, uh, to the number two. Yeah. Or Twitter, Andrea and Bain, just Google me and just follow. I got all kinds of crazy pictures. Uh, I use lots of filters, but yeah. Don't we all? Yes. All right. Nita, last words. Uh, no, that's it. My podcast with Paulo is still on every week, Educated and Reckless. Um, I'm actually doing a cool interview with somebody sometime soon. I don't know much details about it, but I'll update you guys when I find out. And that's pretty much it. All right. Ready, Fox? Okay. Well, uh, everyone just tune into my podcast, please. The Ready, Fox Show. Um, I can announce I'm going to have a lot of guests coming up, including Shad K. Um, he's going to be a guest on the show. So I'm looking forward to that as well as, uh, Rochester, We'll be on the show coming up soon, Rochester, a.k.a. Juice, and a lot of other people. So I'm looking forward to having those conversations. And, yeah, the Ready Fox Show, trfs.ca. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is our show for today. Make sure you stay safe, wash your hands, wear a mask, care about other people. And we'll be back uh, talking in your ear hole next week. Take care, everybody. Peace out. What is that fucking sound? Ready. It's not me. Yeah, it is you. Yeah, it is you. What sound? That, whatever you were just doing. I don't know Something. what you're talking about.
some well yeah, oh, maybe oh you know what yeah it's the timer the timer just went off you're hearing a beeping sound no 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 you're writing something but it's like we can hear like oh sorry yeah i didn't realize that the you know the laptop and for everyone out there in the podcast so just so you know i was writing my notes for the timing for when the show was ending so i was Cut doing that on the uh laptop i guess and you guys could hear that sorry uh, but um you know what oh well <laughs> uh, oh well, well so so andrea we... thank you so much for uh being on the show with us today um we thank got a, you for having me guys we got five minutes Thanks left of uh, extra bonus podcast material time um, before we wrap up so we can curse at this point too before we wrap up um i remember when we used to start off and i was excited about the cursing you said why are you what's the why you got you don't have to curse <laughs> no, but i just wanted to know she can free up for the last five minutes of, our, of the show before we wrap up wrap up because we just wrapped up on the radio but for everyone that tunes in for the podcast portion where we give them a little extra motherfucker we can at <laughs> least you know let her know that she can free up herself for the last five minutes so um, I'm going to be really cursing when I finish that sandwich after this. Yeah, so <laughs> you, are you going to have, like, lava diarrhea, or what's going to happen with you? No, no, I don't think it's like that. It's just my mouth was on fire. Oh, okay. That's it. Like, That's it like, okay. It was like, well, next... I don't know what's going to happen later. We yeah, haven't got Let's see yet. what happens with your bowels later. Yeah. Ooh. Maybe you'll give me a cleanse, though, so it could be good. Well, they say, uh, as they say, TMI. As they say, oh, yeah, but oh, That's not TMI. Un- uncensored. That's not TMI. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> You know what? We've been we've been talking about the marriage conversation with a guy clearing up that girl's debt, and you know, I just finished watching this Netflix uh, series called Indian Matchmaker. I watched. I it all. heard about that show actually. I had to talk about it on my relationship podcast. You know what? I actually will say, as an Indian person, yeah, it kind of triggered me just a little bit. A couple Indian, actually, every Indian person I talked to that watched it, it triggered us because it really like the creators of the show and stuff really kind of played on those stereotypical stereotypes that we all got made fun of for as kids. And mm-hmm. it's like, now the whole world is seeing it. And it's like, great. What, is it going to be like, just what like with the way they're like talking and the accents and like the strictness of it all. And like, Oh, if you don't marry within the rate, like for example, the one, the very, very last Indian girl they showed. Yeah. Um, and like, like, uh, like if you don't marry within the race, like we see how her dad's not talking to the sister because she married like someone who wasn't Indian, and yeah. like just a lot of stuff that I was just like, I don't know. There was one. Oh yeah, like the the whole um, what's the word? Like superstitious stuff. Like the yeah. expensiveness they go to with that. I was yeah. just like, man. Like I was showing my dad, and my dad's like, yeah. I'm like, it's cool for me personally. Even watching it, I didn't know there was that many types of Indians out there. As an Indian person, I didn't know that. So that was mm-hmm. cool, but yeah, and and I feel like this is a similar thing for every culture. I I think in America they're a lot more watered down versus like here, like, and I think that's with every culture. Like even when I went to school there, the Caribbeans there are so much more watered down than what they are here. Like, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Yeah, it was it was interesting, but I did watch it all in one day. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, I didn't want to watch it and then I was like you know let me just watch this and then I, I couldn't stop watching it and I yeah. think I, I had a lot of Indian girlfriends growing up I had three girlfriends who've had arranged marriages so I wasn't um, oh, really I, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. like real hardcore you meet your husband twice for 15 minutes each time and the next time you'll see him get married, yeah wedding. yeah um you're supposed to so have sex that night I don't know if they push on that, you know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but it's like you're his wife, so you're moving wherever he lives. You're leaving. You're leaving your friends. I can't Mm -hmm. imagine. Well, it's just it's it's tradition, and you know, it's one of those situations where they see marriage differently. And I just thought it was, I liked watching it just because I liked to I like to see the process. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it's funny that you say you were triggered. It's kind of like when Chris Rock came out with that uh, documentary about black girls and weave, I was triggered because I was mm-hmm. like, yo, you're telling our secrets to the world, bro. <laughs> Can you have some respect for what we do and keep that in the salon? And it keep felt it the a little, yeah, like you feel a little exposed. You feel a little exposed when your culture is something you know and that you're mm-hmm. intimate with all of a sudden is for everybody to watch on Netflix. And I, I think just because for me, like growing up in Ottawa, like there wasn't a lot of us. There was three in my grade and I was the only girl like people used to always make fun of like people still to this day ask me like are you going to get an arranged marriage blah 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 like are you only going to meet your husband for 15 minutes and I'm like no like my parents were arranged mind you they knew each other for three three months it's not that long but mm-hmm. it's longer than the average like yeah. which we see on the show and stuff right so I think that's kind of just what bothered me I was like I used to get made fun of for all this stuff in Ottawa and like now it's just on TV and I'm like Okay. So. Yeah, but don't worry about what they made fun of you for. They used to make fun of my lips and my big bum, and now look. And now look, everybody wants it. Yeah, exactly. Everybody, everybody, and their mother is walking around with this crazy, over exaggerated look. Yeah, exactly. So it's just when people don't know about a culture, that's when they make fun of it. But I thought mm-hmm. it was great. Aparna, I wanted to murder her. Oh yeah, I hated her. I hated her. I hated her so much. Hey, 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 hey. I, I haven't seen this. Watch it, watch it, watch it. Watch it. Watch no, it. I'm, I'm not going to watch it. I'm <laughs> so then let them watch it. It might give you a laugh. No, I do. the people. I only, I really liked the Guyanese girl, though. I really liked her. I can't I remember her name. I realized that Indian people were so, they don't, they don't like or don't accept Indian people who are not Indian people, in and they're very, they're very colorist, too. Did you not hear yeah. every single oh, yeah. one of their requirements? Like fair skin, skin, fair skin, fair yeah, skin. Yeah, yeah. I remember, very much like that. I remember the first time we went to India, uh, we did a tour out there with Cardi and that that blew my mind. Like they actually have commercials like for lightening your skin. Like everything yeah. is about yeah, you, you do not see dark skin Indians on TV in India. It's nope. it is the most bizarre thing I've ever and they're all and they're, and they're all over the streets. They're everywhere, they're, they're, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it is bizarre. It is bizarre. Yeah. But, yeah. Sorry, you understand it? No, no, I don't. I don't. Well, understand. we have listen. The colorism, I think, exists in exists all different countries yeah. and cultures. Yeah. I think I just think in certain, like in Africa and India, it's a little bit more pronounced. It's a little and and Asia, it's a little bit more out there. They have commercials for the products. But if we're Caribbean, let's not play games. Let's mm-hmm. not play games. Yeah, we, exactly. The colorism exists. Yeah. We don't. Yeah. We might not have light that's cream. I'm, that's why I'm sure Solitaire understands it. No, I, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm absolutely aware, painfully aware that it exists. What I'm saying is, I, I understand what it's rooted in, but I don't understand why you would like, why you would base your life partner on the. Oh, skin, yeah, well, some people. I, that, I, I don't. Oh, understand. because oh, well, having that. a dark skin child is the worst that, yeah, thing that that's, to people. That's, that's why. Think about their, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. They're thinking about Literally. their children. It's funny. Ugly dark, dark skin baby. That's what the mentality is. It's funny. People like people have said that I'm fair skin. I'm like, yo, what are you talking about? I'm. I mean, I'm no, I'm not dark skin, but I'm like when people call, describe me as fair, I'm like, I'm not fair. You, you know are. what I mean? Whatever, like, we, whatever Rihanna. <laughs> oh, you, you absolutely are. You are, you know. Anyway, uh, uh, we got to wrap this up, Andrea. Thank you so much again. Um, and thank you all the listeners. Make sure, again, uh, we want you to interact with us. Follow us on our, our, our Twitter and Instagram at hashtag Vibe105. 
Um, and definitely we're going to be uh, asking you to send out, nominate your favorite black owned business, regardless of what it is that they do. Um, we are going to be featuring one business. It's not a paid sponsorship. This is just an acknowledgement and like a one-time thing that we're, we're doing to kind of, to highlight, uh, good black businesses that people need to support. We're going to try to do our part to, to support our community. So make sure you hit us up for that. And, uh, yeah, other than that, we will speak at y'all next week on behalf of Nina ready and of course our guest Andrea we bid you all a good night and see you all next week adios bye guys